Just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks I'm Danielle Hartley And I'm Bird And with us in the studio today, to my left, Bird's right my amazing, goofy, wonderful, handsome husband, Carl Hartley. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Hartley. And to my left, my handsome, doofy husband, Max <laughs> Peterson. Hey, everyone. It's Man, me. You, you had a big penis last time. I know. <laughs> well, see, Carl. He's a man of many facets. Right. <laughs> it goes in cycles. I get it. I totally get it. Today, my dominant trait is doofy. <laughs> Dude, it's kind of fun. begin with a D. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Today's podcast is brought to you by the letter D. <laughs> Speaking uh, of D's, Danielle, what are we talking about today? Hey, do you want, yeah, do it. Take us all oh. in. Oh, man. Today, you're, you're we, first, then title. Okay. <laughs> today, we are talking about the movie Hook. From 1990. I literally, <laughs> literally said you're no, first but you know and what, then the Carl, movie. this is their show. It is. What are we trying to draw? Yeah. What backseat Max, podcasters? Max, Max, I'm sorry. Bad guess. Bad guess. Max. Today, everyone, we are talking about 1991's Hook, starring Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman. Shut up, you guys. Julia Roberts, Bob Hoskins, Maggie Smith, Caroline, Caroline Goodall. Charlie Cosmo. She's doing about as good as I But Honestly, I was about to be critical, but I'm like, dude. I'm trying to read a lot of handwriting. So there are a lot of people starting this movie. Max's fucking handwriting. Let me rip through this. I have a big list. Okay, so this movie is directed by Steven Spielberg. My number one favorite director of all time. Honestly, I only did this. I only did this giant list because I wanted to tell Carl like some of the crazy fucking cameos in here. And my handwriting is dog shit. So I will burn through this. And next movie, I will write much more neatly or I'll have Bird write it for you. So, uh, this You'll movie, be bringing us in. Yeah, next Bird time. will be bringing oh, yeah. us in yeah, to that's her true. movies. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this movie stars Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Julia Roberts, Bob Hoskins as Smee. I think we should spend some time talking we about that. We need to spend a lot of oh, time talking we, about yeah. Smee. God damn. Maggie Smith, Carolyn Goodall as Moira, Charlie Corsmo as Jack. By the way, you want to talk child actors? Oh man. Motherfucker. You've all seen Dick Tracy? Amber Sc- Yeah. No. All right. Amber Scott as Maggie Banning. Uh okay. That's the little girl. Little Maggie, she's all right. Uh, yeah. You, you want to go take a look at her IMDb photo now? Cause nope. boy, is she! Oh boy, she's fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of unreal. I was writing the names down and I was like, we were probably about the same age in 1991. Yeah, when this movie came pretty, out. Well, so no, was, I would be one year old. <laughs> I'd be four. So I was I was four when this movie came out. She's like, oh, so she's probably a little bit older. Than she might be like me. She dude. might be like six. Almost 15 years. Oh, you're gold, dude. That ain't nothing but a thing. <laughs> you old All right, man. and I'm sure you all caught Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yes. As young Wendy. Did y'all catch Glenn Close? Yes! Oh, my God! Sure did. She goes sure in, the, in the yelly box or whatever. Mm. The boo box. The boo box. Did you see? I thought I was losing my mind, so thank you. Did y'all see Carrie Fisher in this movie? I didn't huh? know that Carrie Fisher and, and George, George Lucas, Lucas are an both in this, in this movie. After loving this film for so long, I had no idea they made an appearance <laughs> until a, I watched it with Carl. It's a little cameo. They're the they're the people kissing on the bridge. 
It's Carrie Fisher and George Lucas when we're doing the big like, welcome to Pirate Town. And they lift the the, the fairy dust pulls them off the bridge and they go, hoobie doobie woobie. Oh, doobie. how could you possibly know that, that was that? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You, you have to read it read in the a, trivia. Oh, okay. Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is read the is read the uh, the IMDb credits because right. this says Carrie Fisher, woman kissing on bridge, George Lucas, man kissing on bridge, and you're like, c'est quoi? Well, it's that Steven Spielberg connection, baby. Dude, it's good to know people. Well, they did the effects. Well, right. uh, yeah, um, ILM. Yeah. So, that's you're missing industrial one cameo. Who's the other cameo? Oh, wait. I, and can, I didn't know. There's a, there's a, can I, can I drop my bomb? Oh, please drop your bomb while I'm, while <laughs> I'm making this up. that, what yep. you're doing there. You there's, chuck, Max you're has like, a bomb for Carl. You're yes, chuck, right, chuck, So there's another cameo in this, but it's not an on-screen cameo. It's just a name Tied to Is this it movie. Me? Am I in this movie? Do you know who wrote this? <clears throat> no? no. Okay, Carl. Not. Not. You want to talk like six degrees of Kevin Bacon? It's not yeah. Kevin Bacon. Okay. But like, <laughs> the way that this movie ties into our shit is very strange. Okay. okay. So this movie, do you recognize the name Nick Castle? Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, he wrote this movie. Oh. The shit. Shape. Michael Myers wrote this fucking movie. The guy who played Mike Myers in 1978 and the 2018 Halloween wrote this. Carl's face right now. Like, Good night, everybody. <laughs> Holy shit, man. There's a, there's another writing credit. Um, I think one of them did the story and the other one, and they collaborated on the script, but Nick Castle is That's fucking the writing credit. Man. Yeah, dude, I saw that. And I, I, while I was watching, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to see the screen through the fucking blear of tears. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm like, wait a minute. Does that say Nick Castle? That can't be the Nick Castle. Yeah, it is. Cell- <laughs> cellular phone. I look at his, he, he has 12 writing credits. He's actually credited on Google, if you like his, do his name. Mm-hmm. It says American Screenwriter. That's incredible. I'm like, fuck that. That's Michael Myers. <laughs> That's the That's most. That's wild, man. When yeah. Harry met Hook, dude. All right. Also, you guys, Harry the, met the Hook. one cameo yeah, that yeah. you missed, that I missed until Sasha I was Gray. looking. No. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. Wait, Jimmy what? Buffett's we in this couldn't, movie? We couldn't peg where he is, but according Jimmy to the trivia, Buffett. Jimmy Buffett is one of the yo-hos. He's one of the pirates in the movie who's grabbing at um, Peter Banning's shoes when he first gets to Neverland and is dressed oh. up as like a phony pirate. Yeah. He's one of those pirates. Well, he just wasted away again in Margarita Buffett. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he's still looking for that either? shaker of salt, oh. too. He's like, do you got it in your shoes? <laughs> <laughs> you been out at sea? I bet you got a shaker's worth in your ear. <laughs> Okay. Oh, so Danielle. Mm. Yes. Danielle. Yes. This was your this is your second pick. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. What what why why this one? We ex- I loved I love getting your take on it. I can't wait to do birds next week, but so, why hook? So along with along with true lies, which both both of these both of these movies just are very nostalgic for me. They were a part and still are a huge part of my life, my growing up, my childhood. Um, this movie still has a message for it has a message for adults and for children. I and didn't realize what what I didn't realize the totality of this movie's message because the last time I saw this, it was on VHS, and I was about eleven years old, probably. Mm-hmm. This was this like heavy in rotation when you were a kid. Yeah, it, oh, heavy, yeah, majorly I, heavy in rotation. Like, our friends who came over to our house or whoever's house we went to and brought the film, they were so 
They're so angry that we were watching this film again, but we were obsessed Stupid with it. Stupid kids. <laughs> we you, were you see your mom's like, if you play Hook one more time, I'm going to throw the TV it out was, the window. It was probably the first live action movie that we watched on repeat. I have literally, I, I didn't. When we were kids. I mean, I knew this movie. When you said Hook, I was like, oh, I used to watch that all the time as a kid. I realized once I started watching it, how many times I'd seen. I've seen mm-hmm. this movie hundreds of times. That's not a joke. I Easily. used to watch this movie more Easily. than once a, a day. Same. But you um, watched a totally different movie this last time. Didn't I did, because, dude, the last time I spun it, I was, like I said, like 11 years old. It was a VHS copy. I was watching with my brother. This movie fucked me up this time, dude. I, I, start, I stopped <laughs> keeping track, but at least five times, I was crying hard enough to have tears dripping off my beard. I remember it being emotional. I was sobbing watching this movie. I remember it being emotional when I was young, too, when I identified more with Jack and Maggie and the Lost Boys, and some of the things that they were going through. Different parts of And looking of this up to me. adults, and now, now as an adult, those parts still made me a little misty, but nothing like, nothing like some of the other things that you don't understand until you are. An adult. Yeah, it's wild. The the part that always got me when I was a kid was Rufio's death. Oh man! Right? You just you it like as a kid that gutted me yes super sudden as an adult because the, there were pirates that were dropping like flies and that's fine you don't care they're bad guys they're pirates they're grown up swashbuckling violence but you get a good guy who's a kid yeah it's there's i mean the the death of rufio for me was like a blip mm-hmm. this time around like I, I saw it happen and i was like no oh, that's pretty rough but I think it's because you and I, Carl, have watched so much death this yeah. season. But I think that's why this Rufio's <laughs> death affected me more than I expected because we've seen and dealt with so much hyper violence and crazy rowdy shit that this swashbuckling adventure, a PG Spielberg romp, it's like Goonies, you know, it's got that sort of just vitality and life to it to have this kind of violent show up here felt really fucking jarring to me. Yeah. And it affected me more so than I think it it is asking for. You know, it's it just it was a very strange like it's not a John Wick 114th bullet to the head. This no. is a kid that gets stabbed by and then the then the fun is over, the joy is over. Kids ready to go home after the, that. I noticed and did I, I wonder if anyone else picked up on this, but there are two there's two things that take Peter Pan out of Neverland and remind him of who he is. And it's sex and violence. Mm-hmm. Anytime he comes into has an encounter with genuine sexuality or real violence, all the air goes out of the movie entirely. As a kid, that just feels like part of the roller coaster of the plot. Yeah. But as someone who's watched like 200 movies an hour yeah. or whatever, like staring at the screen... When he later on, when when Peter has become Peter Pan again, and he goes to talk to Tank, and he's like, "Peter Pan's got kids," and he doesn't have any idea who the fuck he is. She grows to full size. She kisses him, and the moment she kisses him, he's got it all back, mm-hmm. and the ma- the magic is gone, and he's grown up again. And those are, I think, the movie has kind of through as you go through the film. I think it points out again and again: these are the things that are equated with growing up when when peter young peter flies and and meets maggie smith wendy and she's old Mm -hmm. and he goes i'm gonna give her a kiss and maggie smith goes no 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 i couldn't i couldn't have stand to have you lose her her granddaughter to moira yeah and he's like i'm not talking about a thimble i mean a real kiss and when he kisses a girl in the real world for real for the first time this ageless god 
begins to age again. That's when he grows up. Yep. Is the moment he engages with his. This is going to be a rough episode for Carl, I think. You know, it might be a rough episode for Max too. That's okay. Bird was. I'm here for you guys. Bird, give us your review of this film. Yeah. Didn't like it. Indifferent. No, it's completely. totally. That's totally cool. I can get that because, okay, so. Not spoilers. I think I said this on a previous episode. This is not my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been. Mm-hmm. I could kind of take it or leave it. But this time watching it for the show, and I am almost exactly the age that Robin Williams was when he played Peter in this, and the kind of shit that <clears throat> that I have like sort of... I mean, as, listeners, just listen to our fucking Leaving Las Vegas episode for you know insight to that. But it's... It's wild, man. It's wild this mm-hmm. time around. And I think that sometimes you can watch... This is one of those movies, sometimes you can walk it, watch it and it can just stay on the shelf and it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. Yeah. You'll watch it if it's on. But sometimes you'll watch this movie and it is speaking directly fucking to you and not blinking. Mm-hmm. And that was my experience this time around. I'm like, holy fucking yeah. shit, I had no idea. And I've watched this movie 50 fucking times. Yeah. I get what you mean, though, Bird, because I know like how highly I held this movie as a child. Mm-hmm. And some parts of it, as an adult now, though not experiencing everything that Peter Banning went through, mm-hmm. um, we're kind of in that middle area. Yeah, of, we're in we're between. Not, we're too old to identify with the Lost Boys and mm-hmm. the kids, but not old enough to identify with To be fearing the parents our own death. Or, yes, <laughs> with the parents or Peter or the pirates or anything. Yeah. Well, I always... I get it. I, I, I always feel old, always, <laughs> all the time. I know, man. Like any time. I mean, for me, <laughs> oh, for you, man. It's why, like, when we, when I saw Logan, I was like, yes, finally a story about someone who's like an old man like I am. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm like 27. <laughs> right, shut the fuck up. I know, but, but, but there's something about that. I mean. How many times on the show have I been like, you know, I don't mean to like, I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way, but right. there is a romanticism to death. I, right, I, right. I just always, <laughs> you know, I, I say it all the time, but I, there's something about an older protagonist, someone who's having to face their mortality. Actually, Bird knows this about me. I, for, there was like a good seven years where I legitimately oh. would tell people that I was never going to die. I'm, I have been, yeah. I've been obsessed with my own mortality since I was like 14 years old not in like that like oh god i right. wear black and the bats but i think about i handle that portion yeah bird, <laughs> bird is all black in the bats but i I'd often think i'm like you know I've, I've got a big chunk of time ahead of me still but i'm like but every day that chunk of time is smaller and uh, you get into a hole mm-hmm. where you dwell on it and remember what like i was this talking make to it you worse. about in our break between episodes like where i count the time forward and then subtract that from the time spent and like how how old was I? How much time do I have to track forward from? I have as much life left now that I did from year five yeah. to current, and then I track that forward, and it fucks your head up, dude. Yeah. When you because st- if I live at least as old as my dad, that means when I was fifteen years old, forward to now forty-two, that's how much time I have left. Yeah. When and you and then that just and then you ruminate on that shit. It's you can't. <laughs> You can't do and that And then it's three thirty in the morning. Your <laughs> yeah. eyes start to twitch, and you're like, "Motherfucker, that that's really bad weed, man." Just, <laughs> <laughs> just, just put on Joe's garage. I oh, dude, no, you're not far from the truth, dude. Anytime I start doing that, I'll put on some fucking Frank Zappa, and I'm just like, 
it's so chaotic and weird that it just, everything else goes away and you're just like, what is he doing? Yeah, I finally got it, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's it's kind of like the equivalent of uh, what's the what's the drug they shoot into you when you're overdosing on other drugs? <laughs> it just takes you right to baseline. Speaking of baseline, um, let's can we talk about uh, can we talk about I want to talk about Jack. This is the first rock. I'm sorry. Not to derail you. The first Robin, Robin Williams, Williams movie, movie since Robin Williams month. Ooh. That is part of why this movie hit me so hard. Yeah, that's again, seeing Robin again. Because it had been almost a full year, I think, since our Robin Williams month. Or more. Uh, well, this is February, so it's over a year yeah. since we did our Robin Williams month. And that was an so, incredibly like, hard but fun month. Right? And then come back around. Do you want to start with the the hard stuff? Or do you want to sure. start Let's with start the start fun with the hard stuff. stuff. Let's start with the hard stuff. And because it's nighttime, <clears throat> yeah, and we want to go home thinking happy thoughts. Mm. That's a good way to yes. put it. All right, so let's. I nice. I, I want to yeah, thank you. I want to start with. Can I'm, can I jump between two notes that really? Sim- yeah. This there was a big chunk of this movie that legitimately disturbed me in a way that I haven't yes. been disturbed in a long time. It had nothing to do with the movie, and it had everything to do with what happened to the real people afterwards. There's a scene. Early on, when Peter Pan first meets the, uh, the the Lost Boys, and no one, Rufio draws the line in the sand, and everyone cross. It's basically like anybody who believes he's Peter Pan, except for the one kid that. And he starts mushing. Yeah. He starts mashing Making his face again. around, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's trying to draw the wrinkles out, but nothing's working. Nothing's working until he pushes the corner of his mouth and makes him smile, and. Finding Peter Pan in his smile. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I started crying immediately. Well, and it had yeah. to stop Robin the movie. I, cr- I, I cried then too. The- I cried then too. But there's there's something sad about in a what 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 differentiates someone from their their adult self from their child self is they stop smiling. You look younger when you smile. Like, the fact that all these people are like, I have no fucking idea who you are, old man. And then that kid makes him smile, and he's like, oh, shit, look, it's Peter. That fucked me up. That's pretty early in the movie. Yeah. L- later That's, in like, the immediately m- after he arrives and gets off the pirate ship, yeah. Later in the movie, I had this this moment. Because he th- th- there's this great... Basically, it's a training montage where Peter <laughs> rediscovers the three... Touch th- your toes and <laughs> get over that belly. <laughs> Gotta train in, in the, the rain. rain. <laughs> but like... Yeah, the whole montage. Yeah, there's this, the whole like Rocky four. I think that my note is actually Rocky ain't got nothing on this training montage. Yeah, dude. I, and then like Robin Williams <laughs> just like creaking his way to a table full of no food at all is one of the funniest moments <laughs> in any movie ever. But there's this there's three things that he needs to rediscover in himself to be Peter Pan. How to fly, which is just think about think about what each of these mean as metaphors for what you lose becoming an adult. You forget how to fly because you don't have any happy thoughts left and you just worry about shit and stress all day and your your moments of childlike peace and joy and wonder vanish and you lose your ability to fly. There's a moment, it's not actually one of the three, but there's a moment when they they have the food fight where basically the kids You're point out like, us, Peter. that's one of the most beautiful lines yes. ever. I was talking to somebody about it today and I was like, I'm, I'm kind of worried when we get to the show that it'll, because it could so easily be a joke. Like, you're playing with us, Peter. And you're like, 40 year old man at a table full of kids. No, but it isn't. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, no. 
It's a child playing with children at that point. I mean, it's, but it's an adult too. It's like it's a it's an adult rediscovering their imagination. Yeah, One of the kids says, "You're using your imagination." That's how he's able to do it, and that is something that is very quickly stripped away from grownups. There are two quotes from that movie that I still use to this day. Those two very similar lines is, "You're doing it, Peter," mm. and "I believe in you, Peter." They're very, very honest and optimistic. So anytime like. They they struck me as a kid too, and again crying as mm. an adult watching this movie. So you're doing it, Peter. There's you're another the other the other two things are Love how it. to fight, and in this I think it's really interesting because we never see him training with the one time he fights Rufio, but like we never see him training to fight. So it's it's not physical combat. What it is is just. Being willing to say no, being willing to stand up for yourself fighting and for, for your his friends, kids. fighting it, fighting for his kids. He believe, didn't... yeah, believing in something enough to fight for it, and and actually, like, I mean, Jack says, like, he didn't try, you know, Yo, he, didn't he didn't try. try, he didn't try. He was there, and we were there, and he didn't oh try. Beautiful oh performance, God, yeah. But and we'll talk about fucking Dustin Hoffman. I know he gets Jesus shit Christ. for Hook, but he is so Why? goddamn I'm sorry. good. No, he was pretty fucking like made fun of for this movie. Why? Yeah. Like, being over the top and just ridiculous. Are like, you kidding me? His but his performance ages so well. It does. Because we've had so much more bullshit <laughs> between now. That character now. acting is astounding to me. I can't see him mm-hmm. as any other character. I, w- I hear his voice and I see his face. And I all couldn't I can think see about Dustin Hunt. Hoffman. No. Yeah, that's exactly where I was. I was like... That's Dustin Hoffman. We've like, seen a couple yeah, Ho- Dustin Hoffman movies. I, I mean, I grew up on Little Big Man, and I'm like, I'm looking for him in the makeup, and I'm like, I cannot spot Dustin Hoffman in this mm-hmm. role. It's even stunning. when the wig comes off at the end, he's yeah. still not there. There's this no. great line. There's it's it's there's a they call it back, but when when he says it at the very end after his when he's putting the wig back on, he goes, "What would the world be like without Captain Hook?" Which is a a callback to another kind of genius line. Anyway, the 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 fighting. So Peter's willing to fight, and one of the things we see as an adult, his phone rings, and rather than be like, "I'm gonna tell this guy no, fuck off, I have to deal with my family," he just always he goes with the flow. Mm-hmm. Always, mm-hmm. if anything's difficult, he's just okay. Yeah, yeah, man. Okay, Randy, let me call. Let me talk to you really quick, and then. Unless he's talking to his family, then he tells him to shut the fuck up and he needs to take his call. Right. So he's not fighting for what's important. <laughs> right. But And then the, the crowing. As a kid, I always just thought it was like, oh, it's so fun to see people like cock-a-doodle-doo. But it's also celebrating your accomplishments, which as an adult, some what's this? I mean, there's this weird false modesty thing that we all do where it's like, yeah, I just uh, I just sold a screenplay for a hundred thousand dollars, and I now have a career. And everyone's like, "Oh my God, you're a genius!" And I'm like, "No, it's kind of a shitty screenplay." Honestly, the humble brag. You should be up no, on your fucking roof, shit. just being like, rah, 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 like all Seriously, fucking day, bro. That was a good crow. Thank you. That's a good one. That's very startling. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a little be- little Carl- droplets over here. It's no, like- <laughs> but Carl Carl's got that poker face. He's used to me screaming yep. suddenly at his face. Hey, good thing I don't eat bananas anymore. Yeah, dude, he had me ducking and weaving <laughs> a banana gun one time. I think it also. So, like, for me, it's just completely letting go. Yes. Letting go of all control, letting go of all all of that, that tension and, you know, what an adult should be. Yes. And just releasing this really weird sound into the universe, we should which all is have, really satisfying. We should all have dance parties in our living rooms. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> I, love I did dan- that this morning. I love dance parties it. in the living room or kitchen. Usually so, I have too many balls out. 
for the dance Well, party, you know so. me, man. If I have to go to the bathroom, Which I just I'm take the with. pants right. off, <laughs> and then I head I've to the restroom. I've seen your white butt hanging up that stairway more than one time. Like. It's getting further and further away. <laughs> Pretty soon, I'm just going to stop wearing pants. <laughs> I'm just going to always be ready to We're hit porcelain. We're seated at a table. Doesn't matter, man. Mm-hmm. So there's I'm not this... wearing pants today. None of us are. Because, you know... <laughs> It's radio. They have no idea. (laughs) We all painted our butts purple, too. (laughs) No, but there's this. So after he's rediscovered the these three things and after he's kind of crumbled away the bullshit facade. Yes. There's this amazing moment where he stands under the under the basketball hoop and like draws a line in the sand with his toe and everyone just rushes over and Rufio Rufio hits his knees and holds the sword up and he says the line is so perfect he says you are the pan not you are pan or you are peter pan or oh you're back welcome back it's you are the pan he's a literally a mythic figure he okay i read this as a title like uh you are the king or you're the leader Mm. or whatever but pan just happened to be their title for whoever the leader was I, the the only the only way it reason, I think I did for a long time too. But they don't call I... Rufio Pan. He's still Rufio. He's and when Pan leaves again at the end, he says, "Who am I going to leave in charge? Not who will be the next Pan." The way that he says that, it's almost like, and in a way, J.M. Barry's phenomenal book and play kind of have done this to not just America, but I think most of the Western world. And well, actually, you can kind of give it to the Greeks because, you know, Pan. <laughs> but right. but J.M. Barry created a really distinct figure in Peter Pan, the little boy that never grows up. In the same way that he created Hook, the adult who's afraid of time and who's always trying to cut down children because they remind him of how old he is. And there's another line that kind of echoes the you are the Pan in, in you are the pan you are the the mythic figure that represents all of this to all of us you're what makes this world work there's a moment at the end when hook puts his wig on and he goes what would the world be like without captain james hook you need that bad guy Mm -hmm. he too is a is a jungian archetypal figure that lives in our heads now i think everyone who is even vaguely aware of this if you say, hey, Captain Hook, how many people immediately have an image in their mm-hmm. head, whether it be the cartoon, the cartoon or Dustin or the, Hoffman, yeah. mm-hmm. or just a mm-hmm. fucking shadow of a hook on a wall. Or from reading the story. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if all you see is that sharp hook in your head, you still that means something to you still. I thought that was really profound. And then after Robin Williams has stripped away all of his, the miserable old manness of himself and rediscovered true joy... And he's flying around with these kids and he's, sell- he's dancing in a circle and he's crowing and he's got the sword. And I'm watching this and I'm like, I couldn't have been happier. And then I remember that Robin Williams killed himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it fucking chopped my legs out from under me. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing that we saw with Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, I kept thinking about that too. Where, where he's telling the jokes. He, where he's joking. His happiness, and this is a thing you can see if you watch his stand-up or if you watch, just watch interviews with him. When he walks into a room, anyone who's having even kind of an off day is immediately having the best day of their life. Yep. He had an energy to him, and we've talked in those 
movies. His energy transcends his own being. And this is a little, um, this is going to make sense in, in a second. So when I was in high school, you used to have all these assembly programs, right? And so we had an assembly program where his, Robin Williams' stunt double for Hook and a couple other movies came in to do like a talk and to, you know, to do like a, that high school assembly is like, let's all be happy people and ship. The dude looks just like Robin Williams. Mm. So we knew Robin Williams wasn't going to be there. We knew that this stunt, Robin Williams stunt man is going to be here. Right. This motherfucker walks in. He looks like Robin Williams. We know it's not Robin Williams. But he's dressed like Mork from Ork and shit. And he starts doing like jokes and stuff and juggling and backflips and all this shit. It was fucking Robin Williams. Like he has, he has such an energy and such a charisma to him that he, that it it attaches to other people. I think it's he, insane, man. I think he's the twenty. I think this is one of the reasons this movie works for me so well. Is he's legitimately he filled the slot of the Peter Pan, the Pan for, in the twenty first yeah. century. Yeah, he was he, he was did. this adult man who could make you feel like a child, always. Whatever you're watching, whatever whatever he's doing on screen, whether it be Patch Adams or Good Morning Vietnam or Mrs. Doubtfire. Even problematic roles like Cy the Photo Guy. Cy the Photo Guy or World's Greatest Dad, which is one That's... of the, It's so bleak, but at the same time, you f- are happy when Robin Williams is on screen. It's a thing that he had, and it's nothing that anyone else that I'm aware of has. There's no one else that I see them and am immediately happy. And man, it's like seeing the fucking Twin Towers in in a movie that takes place in New York. There's Die Hard three, and yeah, yeah. Okay, kind of to touch on this, and also to kind of um, bring it back in a way to um, Good Morning Vietnam. Um, At the end of the movie, when he's being the goofy dad back from the abyss. I really got the sense I was like, oh, he is playing the clown in these scenes. Like it it didn't feel as authentic to like who he actually is as a person. And I realized that it felt like that moment from Good Morning Vietnam where he pretends to, you know, be really happy and excited and um, he is playing the clown there. And I feel like him being that person for everyone, uh, it must have been extremely hard on him yeah, to have to be the clown, episode, yeah. you know, and that's not who he actually is. It's just a, a part that he plays, a, a role that he puts on. Yeah. And that just I was it felt kind of yucky at the mm-hmm. end for me. Yeah. See, I didn't I didn't feel that way at the end. For me, I, I feel like he has taken his lessons from Neverland back to reality. Um, are you talking Never shutting windows? What? <laughs> Well, Sorry. I think that's contact vampires high. get in, man. Oh, Sorry, I'm writing my Salem's lot. Well, piece no, right you now, just so you have like still weird. have to invite them technically. <laughs> I mean, but contact yeah. high, he just like this big thing just happened. This huge revelation that he's come to, finally, like getting home, getting his kids mm-hmm. home with all of these realizations. I think, about Robin I think he's just overly. Robin do you the person. do you mean Peter Peter Banning or do you mean Robin Williams? I don't understand the okay. question. Okay, so you're talking about how you felt that he was actually like bummed out and depressed and was pretending to be happy to make everyone around him happy. Are you saying that Robin Williams 
wasn't convincing in the scene. Or... Yes, I, I guess yeah. So you, that I, I saw through the facade. It was of a the bad acting and, moment and, that, for you. Yeah, I guess I just was thinking about who he actually was as a person and transcending the. Got it. I didn't get that. There's layers there. <clears throat> I didn't to get that, that whole. Yeah. Yeah. The. For me, I think the performance all always works. I don't know. Maybe I'm. I know that for a fact that I'm more susceptible to this sort of thing because I like everything. I just do. Minus like three movies. <laughs> I never thought I'd hit a movie I didn't like. I'm kind of shocked. There was a couple that were. Oh. And when I don't like a movie, man, I really don't like when it. When you don't like movies, <laughs> things get thrown across oh, the yeah. studio. Oh, yeah. I get fucking angry. Die Hard 5. I was, oh, what I was did you throw? My notebook. Oh, it was bad. It was the most abruptly ended episode ever. <laughs> You're lucky I didn't flip the table, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> given how like I I was in a very emotionally raw state after we watched that piece so of was shit. Die. Um, no, yeah, that, that's interesting. I, yeah. Carl and I talked about it. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is just like not the film for me. You know, it just you, didn't, did you watch this as a kid? I didn't. No, really? I didn't see this movie until I was probably in middle school, so it missed that like good moment yeah. for me. I will my on I'll be I'll be straight up. My first note that I took was my nostalgia for this movie is at 100%. I there's a lot you'll forgive for nostalgia, definitely. Oh yeah. So yeah, and I I think I only watched it once. And I think part of the reason why I was enjoying it so much this time is there are so many Harry Potter stings in the score in this movie. It's, yeah, yeah it was, we didn't mention John, well, Williams, John Williams does the, does the score. score. Carl brought it but up to there, me, and I da, nearly da, died. Da, 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 is there it, in this fucking yeah, score? Yeah, it's during the. Uh, dun, dun, it's when the kids dun, dun, get kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, it's there. Did I text you and I'm like, you always know a John Williams score? Oh, he fuck did. Yeah. He, but it's just like it's his palette of colors that he paints with, man. I'm telling yeah. you. He yeah. brought it up to me and I think I started crying a little bit yeah. because oh. of how important the two things are in my life and how Hook and John Williams. Right. Or Steven Spielberg and John Williams or Hook and Harry Robin Potter. Williams Hook and, and John Williams. Hook and Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Spielberg and Williams, but <laughs> <laughs> But it yeah, that kind of broke me down a little bit. I and that and then I couldn't unhear it. I'm like this mm-hmm. is incredible to me. And I know that, yeah, composers will often take inspiration from other work, but you got some very clear moments of Harry Potter in Hook, mm. which, with the yeah. With the John Williams score, and there's also sort of like a... There are similar thematic things happening. There's some happen. Home oh, yeah. Alone too. jingly stuff going in there, too. Well, what I... <laughs> there is kind of. Yeah. What I was gonna say is the the lost. <laughs> I love I love John Williams. I'm sorry. <laughs> the lost Don't boys. Be sorry. Um, Not sorry. their big treehouse kind of reminded me of Hogwarts a little bit. It's up on a hill, surrounded yeah. by water. It's kind of always got like some mists going on. Warm color palette. There's magicy imagination-y shit happening. There oh, is definitely there like definitely magic, is. magic happening. And too. for real magic. Yeah. yeah, straight up magic. But not in the world of the pirates. There, do you notice that there's no magic in the world of pirates at all? Nope. No one can fly. No one can do. Yeah, no one can. Yeah. The the pirate world is the fucking pirate world. Which I was actually talking about Maggie Smith. Oh. In the real world. Well, there you go. Yeah, there's there's oh, yeah. your Harry there's Potter connection. Oh, <laughs> my God. In the flick. Yeah. 
that is one of the most haunting moments for me is mm. well first of all when they get <laughs> to wendy's house in england and they open the door and wendy's not there yet it's just liza by the way liza screaming is one of my favorite things <laughs> in the world it's so oh fucking my God, good really my brother and i always because this was on vhs we always rewound that part where toodles opens the door and goes it's snowing and then slams the door <laughs> <laughs> it's snowing <laughs> And then Liza opening the door and screaming. We, for some reason, just thought that was the funniest damn thing we'd ever seen. I think that's going to be me when I'm that age. <laughs> it's snowing! I've lost my marbles! Honey! No. Yeah, that's going to be me totally. Oh, oh, I hope so. Yeah, dude. If you end up as Toodles, so. there's worse ways to end up than that is Toodles, Carl. Oh, um, I know, right? Shoot for Toodles. Toodles is aging goals. Shoot for Toodles. Oh, my God! I want that on a coffee mug. Shoot for Toodles. Shoot for Toodles. With like a bag of marbles. Bird, write that down. Okay, got it, got it. Um, so, but, but there's this great moment. It's chaos because Toodles has lost his marbles and Liza's is just screaming. And like the kids are fucking around with stuff and you can tell that like Peter's, he's stressed. Oh yeah. Because he's a high stress. He's got a business call he needs to get up yeah, on. Yeah, he's, he's a gonna, fancy mm. lawyer. That's his gig though. But, he's but a, You're a pirate, Peter. Well, but before that, dude, I have to give, like, no one's going to be shocked when I'm like, hey, Robin Williams is a really good actor. And guess what? So is Maggie Smith. There's this right. moment where he's, everything is hectic and he's stressed as, he's just losing his mind and the kids are freaking out. And then you hear, hello, boy. And it's Wendy on the stairs, old lady Maggie Smith. And Peter turns around to let, because he's like, what? And he sees her and he, it's like, it's like oil on water, man. His face Oh, it's It's gorgeous. It's a beautiful moment. It's absolutely... That awe-stricken stare. It's, that love. It's love. It's like this deep, profound love that even he doesn't understand because he's legitimately forgotten all about Neverland because mm-hmm. that's what happens if you stay in the real world too long. You know, like yeah. if you stay... But if you stay in Neverland too long, you forget the real world. This movie kind of shows you the balance. It's really interesting. But there's this amazing... That, that first moment between the two of them, dude, Eye acting. That's this is. A, I know this yeah. is a legit best eye acting nomination. I have oh, the note yeah. somewhere for a different scene, but it's Robin Williams' eye acting. It's it, it's pr- profound. It is a profound nonverbal it's moment. When he's remembering right. his kids when he's learning how to fly, and his eyes do this weird, sad, happy thing. I was just like, I can't. I want to live inside your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's where the because it's where the happy lives. You couldn't you know? see him, but he was touching and rubbing his chest. While he said I, that. Sometimes I just get a little oh. nipple rub. Well, we're all trying to keep <laughs> our hands above the table since none of us are wearing pants and we all have purple <laughs> oh. asses. Hand check. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to hand check. We a all few have times. purple hands now. What's weird? Why are my hands yeah. so purple? Wiener check. <laughs> yeah, still attached. Mine's, mine's still. Mine's fine. Purple. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I'm not gonna use the same paint on my butt and I know that's silly. I think well what's what colors make purple? Is it red and blue? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. Oh. So what I'm thinking is oh. what about blue? What about red ass like <laughs> like a, like like a, a baboon. baboon and like blue ball area and then you have the purple. That's on point. You have right. the delta the is your purple area. taint. <laughs> where they Welcome to Hook, everybody. 1991's <laughs> a movie for the whole family. Family, family production of Hook. Why you guys take my purple taint? You're <laughs> fucking with my blue dick. You know, like I really do love like dollar beers, but 
It's weird that they make you like paint your genitalia. <laughs> oh, Baltimore's a fucking Baltimore <laughs> doorman. They're like, did you paint your sack? Uh, nah. Well, okay, I, I get the dollar. What kind of dollar beer? We talking like a high life? No, this is these are it's all Genesis cream ale. All domestics. <laughs> <laughs> we got a bat. Low and brow. <laughs> Give me the fucking paint can. <laughs> Actually, just, my favorite bar them. was Rolling Rock. <laughs> oh, fucking the green you know, horse. Let me tell you. Woo! Yeah, you only need like 30, 40 of those to catch oh, a buzz. It's, it's like 1.4% <laughs> alcohol, yeah. but it's a dollar per, for a like, sixer. Per sixer. <laughs> but you drink enough of them, that horse will wink at you. Every once in a while, Rolling Rock will sneak up and you're like, oh, yeah, this is beer. <laughs> <laughs> um. God damn. Okay, so we've talked about go. Hang on, Maggie Smith is yeah. only fifty-seven in this movie, which yeah. makes her a thousand years I old. I know. Now. The aging, the aging makeup that they did on her was outstanding. Fifty-seven. Good. She was so young yes. in this movie. Yeah. Well, Harry Potter ended only like eight or nine years ago. So Carl, what? Not since fucking Max von Sydow. I know. In oh, the Exorcist. Nice. Holy yes, sir. shit. Yep, we got the lady version now. Okay, best mm. hand acting need, and eye acting. We need acting. to get these two kids together. God damn. Yeah, them as an... Well, they're, they're, they are old now. Right. <laughs> they're like, guys, will you play old We're going to de-age like, you using CG. You. <laughs> oh, we're gonna, we're that's, a, that's amazing. <laughs> no, it has to be practical. Can They need to do a remake <laughs> of... What's that stupid Just, Nicholas Sparks movie where he's hanging off the Ferris wheel and shit and uh, he's all the like... Notebook. Ah, notebook. Yeah. Oh. You want to do it with Max be all insensitive about <laughs> Alzheimer's. <laughs> Oh, Carl. But he didn't, I, he didn't, didn't though. though. He just announced his, his <laughs> previous intentions and showed us what a good man he is. I'm learning lessons. I made the hop, skip, and jump and got depressed. Thank I'm you. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. We do need sound effects, people, honestly. We do need How a many times per episode would a soft, <laughs> winnow, willowy fart sound just really, just really just... Just a little, yeah. Like when a joke dies because we've run it all the way into right. a wall and then there's that beat, that's when Danielle yeah. just hits us with... The descending. Do you want the ascending or descending fart it's noise? It's descending fart descending. noise for sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, let's this jump... This is what fucking painting your nuts will do. <laughs> yeah, man. Totally I think I've got blood poisoning. I, know, right? <laughs> I feel. I feel like I got like some sort of weird contact buzz from your ball sack for some reason. Well, I didn't have any paint, so I just used marker, and I think oh. it's too <laughs> skin permeable. Oh no! Oh. Oh. All right. Uh oh. That blood brain barrier. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was about to start talking about keto. All right, so, so, <laughs> Mag- so Maggie back Smith. on track. But can we jump from Maggie Smith to Caroline Goodall, who plays Moira? She's not in the movie hot. as much as everyone else. She is totally hot. Yeah, Sorry. babe. Also. Oh, she's mama? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Also, very good actress. I don't think I've yeah. seen her in anything mm-hmm. else, but there's this fucking awesome scene she has with Robin Williams after he's had the big, like, Everyone, oh. shut up! Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up! He doesn't say that because the movie's like window, PG. About you losing your kids? Yes. Where she's, oh my God, she has this line, but it's not just the line. The line is really good, it's but it's delivery. her delivery, dude. Because mm-hmm. she's talking about just a few short years, you know, and then you're chasing them for attention. 
dude, at, at, during, midway through this speech, I was like, oh, I gotta call my mom now. God damn it. <clears throat> gotta finish this movie. Then I finished the movie and didn't call my mom. Hmm. Good son. I'm a yep. terrible son. Mm-hmm. She knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, <laughs> she dude, does there's, know. But there's this great line where she goes, you're not being careful and you are missing it. This, maybe five minutes after we had a hilarious scene, admittedly, on an airplane, where Peter Pan tells his child to grow up. Mm-hmm. A Peter Pan that's afraid to fly. Peter Pan that's afraid to fly. But Jack, when Jack bangs, he's like... When Jack, yeah, that's fine. They, they oh make these Jack's God. banging the, the oh, ball in the happen. window, and he goes, you're afraid you're going to get sucked out. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You're afraid you're going to get sucked out. <laughs> And then Peter Pan says, when are you going to grow up and stop acting like a child? Jack's line, I am a child. Uh, that, the way he delivers that line is mm-hmm. like, I am a child. Dude. Like, this kid. That kid is. Charlie, Charlie Cosmo is f- top tier in this. Yeah. yeah. When I, Hook and, Hook and Smee are smashing all the clocks and he's standing there at the alarm clock and he goes, like, Jesus, oh my, my God. He may have just actually. I think he probably did. It looks did, so yeah. real. Like maybe they didn't tell him that these two dudes were gonna go apeshit, and they just. <laughs> That's how it reads, though. It's completely authentic. He's really good. Yeah. He's Dick Tracy is a great flick, and he is fucking fantastic in that too. You and I will be watching Dick Tracy. You're the only other person I've ever met who's even seen it's it. It's one of my favorite movies it? from childhood. No. Man. Have you seen it? Dick mm-hmm. Tracy with Al Pacino, Al Pacino and Madonna. Played. Yeah, man. Oh, Fuck. Excuse me. And Nico me? Montoya is what? 88 Keys. Dustin Hoffman is Dustin Mumbles. Hoffman is Mumbles. 88 Keys. Set you up. <laughs> yeah, man. Set you up. I've read a lot of the comics. And we lost them. Yet another <laughs> movie where Dustin Hoffman's really good. <laughs> yeah, and sure. Jack Korsmo's in it. The guy, the kid who plays, or Charlie Korsmo, the kid who plays Jack. He plays the kid. He plays the kid. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, dude, it's now. I want. I really want to watch this movie. Wait, maybe we'll. When we'll... do we eat? <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. All right. Uh, let's see. What else um, do we have? I forgot. I had to look oh, up no. Caroline Goodall and another like movie that I had seen her in because I looked at her IMDb credits and there weren't too many that I had recognized because I'm really shit with movies. Mm-hmm. But dude, she played Mia Thermopolis's mom in The Princess Diaries. In Caroline oh, Goodall did? Yeah. And what sort of movie is that? Have you not seen it? <gasps> Carl. Oh, Carl. No, it's Carl. You're You've not... totally seen The Princess Diaries, you, have you? You are not. Right? Mentally? Carl, you don't I have need to an see answer. It. You don't have to see yes, it. Yes, you don't. I had, a staff, I had a staff member when I was a district manager for Family Video that would constantly play that movie in a store. I've seen it about a thousand times. So, yeah, we're good on that. We're just lucky that he came around on <laughs> Anne Hathaway. We could have ended up with a Gus Van Sant situation here. No, yeah, I've come around on Anne. <laughs> All right, so. Shunny, <laughs> <there. laughs> So there's this great. Shunny. <laughs> so the, the, whole, the whole reason they're in England is because Wendy has just had an orphanage dedicated to, or named after her and like dedicated to her because of all the work that she's done with orphans mm-hmm. uh, in England. And that dinner scene. Oh my god! That was the first time that I had like the the like beard tears, mm-hmm. where you know you're you're going to have to shower. We call those beers. Beers. <laughs> yeah, when I started having beers. Um, but no, there's uh, Peter stands up to like give this speech to the room, and he goes, 
Did you catch how how old she is supposed to be? Ninety two or something. He says eighty years ago. That's his opening line, and you're like, Parkwa. Yeah, eighty years ago. So that would, and I think Wendy Darling in the Peter Pan story is she's got to be preteen or young teen. Yeah. Yeah, she's like ninety four, ninety five. I think she's I think she's supposed to be thirteen. But yeah, when he goes eighty. 80 years 80 years ago um but before that there's this bit where uh she's talking to Ma- she's talking to Maggie and she said uh Maggie looks up her and she goes you're old and uh Maggie Smith goes that's very true and seeing her like seeing her acknowledge how much time has passed what what do you got Sorry. I can just hear the breathing in the microphone is so. it mine is it me? I think it's you. Let's all breathe in. No, no don't do it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everyone so, just turned us off. So they do that big, he does that big speech. And he goes, if we could all just take a moment to, to you know, honor her, her, her charity. And people start to stand up one by one. And like the people that she's helped. Oh, my God. And there's this. You realize they're all orphans. There's this moment where like there's like five or eight or ten, ten of them get start stand up and then there's this sound of all the rest of the chairs at once. What do you got? Okay, can we talk about how this actually happened one time in real life? You guys don't know the story? No. Okay, so during the Holocaust, um, this guy or, or vaguely remember the story, but it's a real story. Okay, we should Google it probably. <laughs> <laughs> We're okay. not about facts here, <laughs> unmeasuring. We don't. Um, we can't check facts. We are the guys, of our recording. Of podcasting. <laughs> okay. Burn. All right. So, so if we were the Fox News of ho- podcting, oh, first starters. Your wife. Oh no. Okay, <laughs> this guy smuggles a bunch of kids and babies out of ghettos. Schindler. Right, Oscar Schindler. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not him. Okay. Somebody else. Different. Similar. Cool situation Ralph mm-hmm. um they later have a like a, a ceremony or something to like honor him and he didn't know that all of the people in the crowd around him were the kids that he saved oh, fuck. and they all like stand up oh yeah i mean that's amazing that's that's yeah. a youtube the, yeah it's googling. it's on youtube yeah, yeah. while you, you guys it. are googling that and you're like sobbing oh, oh my god he's been honored by all yeah and first watch <laughs> hook obviously and be like oh my god all these people honoring maggie smith and then go watch the holocaust <laughs> guy and be like oh my god he saved all of these people then go and watch go and watch have you ever seen the video where jackie chan's original stunt team the first ever stunt team that jackie chan worked with and trained no. Have you seen oh, this video? I think so so yeah. Jackie Chan is graduating a class from the Jackie Chan Stunt School. He's basically like giving a speech, and there, and he's being honored for like a lifetime of achievement. And he's up there being like, he's he's talking, and he's like, you know, like doing this stunt work, you have to really trust the people that you're working with, and you you're not so much coworkers as you are a family. And over time, you drift apart because this first stunt team, they were legitimately, they were showing clips from the early movies. Like Drunken Master Police Story, one of those yes. like early, early. But the, these stunt dudes that he was working with, they would jump out of like a third story window and fall just like through a shed. And there, it was a real shed and there was no mattresses. They would just, they would just. You no, know, his stunt team used to do stupid shit like jump through actual plate glass windows. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. These dudes were like, every time they did a stunt, they were just going for it. Like Jesus. they, yeah, it was like the wild west. <clears throat> so anyway, he's like, he's like, and I remember them all fondly. We've, we've all, you know, time has passed and we've grown apart. And as he's talking, all of the members of his first stunt team that he worked with, his OG crew, 
all Cute. come out on stage and form a line behind him. And he doesn't know because he's talking to an audience. Oh, my God. And then finally one of them comes up and, like, bows to him. And he's like, holy shit, it's you, dude. I haven't seen you in forever. I was then, just talking about And you. then he, like, catches all of them and he loses it. And it's beautiful. Aww, so there. I love that. Can I vote that we have a Jackie Chan month? Um, I mean, yes. yes. <laughs> okay. that, would, that would be amazing. Uncle, uncle. I just want to hear so him say much. uncle like a thousand times. We are definitely doing a Jackie Chan month at but some point. But no Jackie Chan, Owen Wilson movies. What? No, we're not doing Which would be Shanghai We're not doing West, Shanghai Nights Shanghai or Shanghai East, Noon. Whatever the fuck, yeah. But we will be doing the Rush Hour movies because those are fucking great. And we will be doing <laughs> Drunken Master. Hell yeah, we'll be doing Drunken Master. We can watch my shitty DVD copy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Let's talk about the kids getting kidnapped by Hook. Terrifying. So scary. Legit scary, right? So scary. This is and like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang Child Catcher level scary. But with the, the children were screaming. Liza is a murder. <laughs> 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 and you get... That's true. She says the, head co- the headphones came straight off. Her Max's line is <laughs> her line is awesome. She goes, but, and again, remember who's putting these words in these people's mouths? This is Michael Myers writing this script, and he, she goes, a wind came down on me, and the children were screaming. The children were screaming and fucking thank you. Jeez. Everyone is like <laughs> bombing up the stair. It's fucking real. And while she's doing this, it's all candlelight, or like yeah. a little like is it a candle? I yeah, think so yeah. It's all by candlelight. So it's this, she's at the top of the stairs, like swooned against a yeah, railing in shock. You can yeah. see the hook drag. I mean, it's yeah. like fucking. I knew what you did last summer was there. Oh yeah. <laughs> if that movie were good, it's like <laughs> that. It's like that. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> but, I knew who you fucked last winter. That's a better movie. It's it starts as like that weird like you get the little tremor. You get the little tremor because it's like the home invasion thing where the window's broken yeah. and the doorknob's all fucked up and you're like, oh my God, what's going on? <clears throat> and then, you, like, because there's a moment as an adult watching that, you're like, someone jimmied the lock. If this were America, you just, you pull your rod and you clear the house. <laughs> but we're not in America, so you're, your you call the Bobby. Bzuh, Bobbies probably want more than one. But dude, when they get in the house and you see that, that that Freddy Krueger fucking drag line through the house and you're like this is so much worse than a burglar this is so much worse than Richard Ramirez this is Captain Hook it's such it's such an interesting and like just dark enough take on a classic fairy tale Mm -hmm. character that most of us grew up knowing and fearing in that way and then you get this you fear you start to fear in another way. You know that it's Captain Hook, but you're like, oh my god. It recontextualizes your childhood fears into something that you can be afraid of as an adult. Yeah. It's much more psychological. Yeah, Stephen um, King's he, it a little bit. He does. Does yeah. he totally it's Stephen King's? Definitely it. a vendetta and he knows what he's doing when he's doing it. Mm-hmm. He knows it's going to inspire terror. He's very Methodical and coming home is psychological always when the bad in that way. Shit happens, man. That's yeah. like right from that, and when your phone rings and it's dark outside. Yeah, don't, do that. <laughs> don't ever answer the phone. Mm-hmm. If it's dark outside and your phone rings, hello Sydney. Yeah, that gets bad. 
you can sit on that one till tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, I'm going to deal with that let, phone I'm call. I'm going to let the machine get that one. You know, I got bagels ready <laughs> to go, and I just know they're not going to taste as good if I answer this phone. All right, Doug. Hello? Everyone's dead. They're all dead. You're like, well, fuck. <laughs> Cold bagels. Yep, $4 for bagels, and now I got to just not enjoy them. <laughs> so can we can we talk about after they realize the kids are missing? Yeah. And absolutely. getting the bobbies there. Phil Collins. It's another cameo. He's the it's, one. Phil Collins is the one speaking the to them. He the inspector. Yeah, he's yeah, inspector. yeah. I remember reading that. Um, <laughs> I never recognize him when he's not playing the drums. So. I never recognize him at all. Which, is incre- it, which was an incredible moment because you're all I'm like, wait a minute. Wait. Is that? Oh, my God. That's <laughs> fucking Phil Collins. Um, there's an incredible moment between... Him and Toodles. What's his? What, he did a song. Give me a song on Phil Collins. Did the end of the night. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Thank you. Oh, oh no, I started. Now we gotta pay. For that. <laughs> we gotta pay for the song now. God damn it. Well, we're sued. Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's this moment after the inspectors talking to the family about the situation and what they're gonna do. Toodles out of nowhere interrupts and says, "You've forgotten how to fly." He, he says it to, he says it yeah. to the Phil Collins character, the inspector, and he goes, yes, one does. It insinuates that he used to be a lost boy, and he's also forgotten. But how would he remember he's just, that he was a lost Or he's just, sh- well, yep, Toodles, one does. Toodles is not, just, Toodles is not crazy. He's, Toodles um, is not crazy. He's pointing, he's, he's. Let's jump to he's, that real He's quick. calling a fellow lost boy out on some shit. I actually think she might be right about oh, this because there oh, are, a, there are a couple of lost boys missing from the group. Their names are carved into the treehouse, but they're, right. they're not the among. But what about the other, um, some of them were Wendy's brothers. John and Michael. John, John and Michael. Michael yeah. yeah. John and Michael are the brothers. Toodles is not. Toodles was one of the lost boys. Sure. But there's there's like two other ones mm. who are no longer amongst the group. I'd always assumed that they were dead, and but I'd always assumed that that line "You've forgotten how to fly" was directed at Peter, and Phil Collins thought it was directed at him. But I think you're right. I think he's no, talking to. I think it, it was directed That's at Phil Collins. Read. I, I and think it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's calling out another lost boy. It's like you're you're be you're the same you're the same mm-hmm. as Peter. Like you've. He would have had to have You've forgotten left. everything. He would have had to have left at a yes, much later date though cuz he's a lot younger than Toodles. And Toodles was really young when they left Neverland. Yeah. So it doesn't How up. yeah, how would they have I think the way I read it was he was just like, "Yep, sure, one does." Like, I still prefer Danielle's version. I know it's more magical, I mean, but I think he was just being an asshole. Even though they're even I though think the, he was just like yeah, sure, sure, buddy. Sure, one does. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure and one, yeah, I yeah, I think the inspector didn't. He just thought Toodles was crazy and went mm-hmm. along with it. But Toodles, I thought, was still calling out this mm-hmm. person. It's like you've you've forgotten how to fly. Like it, like out of shock. Like I, I you too. Yeah. So or he, you too, or he would forgotten? think that all humans at some point knew how to fly because that's all oh. he knew. Yeah, possibility. So, or maybe he like well, Lost Boys. Lost Boys were probably their own crazy entity when it comes to a bond that they have maybe toodles and inspector phil collins weren't lost boys together or maybe they were when toodles was older and phil collins was younger and toodles <laughs> carl shut up and then genesis was formed, Yay. And then genesis was formed. 
Um, that's when he lost his happy thoughts. <laughs> Started thinking sexy but thoughts. Peter was Peter was the first to first of the group to come to the real world to leave Neverland, and I'm sure that after Peter did that, Lost Boys wanted to do that too, not just to like find Peter. That's or maybe one thing like the movie to, never explains. To grow up? No. Did he take the Lost Boys with him, or did they leave of their own volition? I mean, Toodles was there for yeah, one, yeah, but so he had to have been brought back by Wendy <clears throat> or something for some reason. It's never addressed. But if it's happened How to Toodles, Toodles, and if town? it's happened to Peter, why couldn't it have happened <laughs> to other Lost Boys? That's a, she makes a good point because I didn't Peter chart the timeline now. I feel like I should have. Well, think about this because Peter was definitely older than Toodles when they were when, when they I, were in Neverland. When they were all in Neverland, yeah. Peter was definitely older than Toodles. He was older than most of them. He was. That like means Toodles patriot. left Neverland first. I think he went back he with Wendy had to as a mother figure. Yeah. Wait, wasn't Toodles the yeah. first? The first she was, he was like the first person, the first boy that she adopted or whatever. Oh my God, we're getting Maybe. bogged down in continuity. Wow. I gotta say, I, mean, I think this script was a little clunky in technicality well, in type stuff, things yeah. like that. And True, that you also had the, me. baby in the rain. You know, you also yeah. had the the one lost boy. Um, I like the baby in the rain sequence. The one lost boy <laughs> while they're in Neverland, who gives Peter Toodles marbles back. It's like, hey. These are toodles. Yeah. He's lost. He lost these. And Peter's like, the oh, kid. my God, he did lose his marbles. That. So I think that they're in the universe of the Lost Boys. They know of each other. They're still timeless, even though they're aging. They still know and can recognize a Lost Boy. That screwed me up real bad when he gets the marbles back. It's actually when I can't remember the character's name, but when the it's the is it the no, there's two, three. It's the boy that turns into a ball. Which was fucking hilarious. Oh my god. The boy ball. Ralph. So, <laughs> let's call him Ralph. <laughs> so when Ralph Perfect. gives Peter the marbles and he goes, give these to Toodles. These are his happy thoughts. And I I put two and two together in my head and I ran the metaphor out and I was like, oh, that's what madness is. Is when you have no happy thoughts left at all. And Fuck. Marbles, when man. you have lost all of your happy thoughts. Fuck, that's Max. Madness. I know it. Fucked me up, dude. It really. He doesn't seem unhappy, though. I do that to myself constantly. I know, right? <laughs> when you breathe right into the mic, actually, it'll kill this one. So I'm getting better yeah, at not doing it's just, it. It makes it makes the whole ear hot just a little bit. <laughs> it's Sorry. like I felt the wind. No, it's Sorry, a, it had had a moment. It's good. I actually like. That was crazy. That's a really crazy revelation. Good. It'll be fun to edit in mine. Just blow my mic out, <laughs> and then my mic dies, and I have to like sit back and force you to vamp while I wait for it to turn back on. That's really funny. <laughs> So, um, yeah, uh, we, there's somebody that we skipped or have cur- have up to this point skipped over and I want to jump because I don't want to be bogged down in toodles anymore. <laughs> what do you think of Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell? Where mm. do you start? Because you look oh, almost okay. angry. Um, meh. And I could have done without the weird fairy human love thing they could have cut that entirely and That's it would have been, been much rough. better mm-hmm. yep it was uncomfortable mm-hmm. fairy human love yeah i think I, it's completely unnecessary yeah, and it's i thought it was unnecessary to too it and was never julia roberts in general in general is kind of unnecessary yeah so. you know I, in this like, film whatever hey, I'll, give her, I'll give her aaron brakovich and flatliners but i've never seen either she's not great in this Interesting. She's. I mean, she's, she's fine. She's, she's fine. I think. Pretty. Well, what? to her credit, though, she was acting against like 
no nothing. one and nothing for yeah. the entire movie except for one scene. So I kind of like Well, her. she also, I saw this on trivia. She was nicknamed Tinker Hell during the process oh. of this movie because she made well, and again, she her, made everything pretty difficult for people. If you read why, and was her pretty temperamental. times were ridiculous and she, had, she acted against no one. Mm, yeah, because yeah, this would be, be really this hard. is 91. She's so. also dealing with her divorce with Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, yeah. uh, another lost boy. Ayo, a better lost boy. Oh, what? What? you are so hateful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't a huge fan of Julie. Ra- well, as an adult watching this now, it's like, oh. You want to hear something weird? Yeah. I didn't like her when I was a kid. She, even as a child, I was like, this is the weakest part of this film. As an adult, I like her performance a lot more. Okay. There's she has a sort of charm to her. There there is something I think she kind of see I in my head this this is that thing where depending on who you are you see movies differently. I come kind of like loaded down with lots of fairy lore like especially Irish fairy lore. You actually have some of this too because you've read uh you read The Good Fairies of New York, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the reason that the the <laughs> like she gets big and kisses Peter thing didn't bother me as a kid ever because I I discovered my sexuality at a young age because of James Bond, so I was like, get it, Peter. <laughs> but, <laughs> Peter some caviar and get insider, is that what you're... I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, all right. She's Carl. <laughs> pan, Peter Pan. <laughs> Peter, pounding pan. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no. Oh, no. crow, baby. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Done. We're done now. We're done. Okay. That was I think I wasn't gonna go any further. I was, but you <laughs> yeah, saw you me. were. Of course, <laughs> you're I was. Peter Bam. Sometimes I just get so disappointed in yep. myself. Fucking and high five. No, see, you you went you were bad, and I was like, I had to save Carl, so I said something even worse. <laughs> Thank you. Right on the tails of it. Oh my um, god. No. So uh, what I like about that moment is one, it reinforces what I think is one of my favorite metaphors, which is every time Peter runs up against uh, sexuality or legit violence, it removes him from Neverland, essentially. Right. It, it, it reinstates the, the memories in the, from the real world. So I like it for that reason, but I mm-hmm. also like it because we find out that Tinkerbell's the one that saved Peter when he was a baby, right? So, like, Tinkerbell, remember? Yeah, what was she doing in the human world? Just fucking around. Talking about yeah, being mm. a being a fairy. Plot Checking hole. out babies in the rain. It's I don't think it is though because this is actually She's curious oh. about the human world like a fairy Ooh, would. No 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 no. I got it. I got it. Mm. So um the story that um that Wendy is telling Jack and Maggie in the tent before the benefit. Mm. Um she's telling Maggie where fairies came from. The first baby laughed or cried is the first time a baby laughed the laugh broke into a thousand pieces pieces and then were born fairies fairies. Mm -hmm. so this was a crying baby wait so so a a crying 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 abandoned peter in the rain i don't know i was trying to i was trying to make sense of it you almost had it i feel like she found i feel like i was on a certain track sometimes you find a thread and you reel it in and there's just poop at the end (laughs) this is the old boot how many times have i been like carl this is coming to me right now so i think murtaugh represents the Republican Party. <laughs> and it just kind of doesn't ever come and together. <laughs> I have two things. Um, maybe fairies were born in the human world and eventually make their way to Neverland. I think that's more it. Probably. Ding. Okay. Yeah. 
But two, I have a huge, big, fat problem with the baby in the stroller scene. From the voiceover, it Let's seems fight, motherfucker. to... Okay. It seems to imply that infant... He ran away and decided he, to make the carriage move. Yes, yes. He somehow cried enough or whatever in his carriage to roll away and ran yes. away as an infant. Fuck yes. Literally. In the world of fairies and you, pirates and where there's a Neverland if, that you can fly to, I can kind of buy it. But, but he's in the real world. He's not no, in Neverland. No. You're giving... This is dude. And ends up in a weird like labyrinth spiral thing. This is like one that? of those this is one of those amazing moments where they give a character that typically has no agency, i.e. a dog or uh, cat stories where cats think Nana and make somehow decisions. Doesn't age. I love Unless it's like Nana ten. Peter wait, wait, wait. Peter's a No, new... it is Nana eleven. It's on the Nana, Nana nine. Nana nine. It's the it's the plaque above oh, the that's dog's thing. Actually She's sad. Nana nine. I'm upset yeah. now. <laughs> They've Pe- just gotten the same dog, named it same Nana. Same dog and named it the same name. Don't get off nine. the baby. Peter is. Like, oh no! Get off. Get, get off the baby, <laughs> listeners. If you're right now, if this applies to you, get off the baby. Okay. Oh this is the voice of God. <laughs> get off the baby. Get off the baby. Um. Okay, but look. So like. Peter, Peter's one. Yeah. One and, and he a doesn't half? age when. So do you age when you're an infant up to a certain no, age man. and then you stop aging? Yeah. And how then... does aging work for the children in? I don't know. It's not explained. We are being two adults, aren't we? Yes. We're none being... of this fucking matters. Yeah, we're talking about we're a being... fairy tale. We just forgot how to fly, crow, and fight, motherfucker. Yeah. I get it. Precisely. All right. I take it back. The stroller's brilliant. Thank you. Here's but here's why. In my head, it, this is brilliant because. When Peter's talking to Tinkerbell, when we grow up, we forget. We have no, we don't form memories at this age, right? The first memories, like people's early, early memories, three. tend to be like three and four, yeah. and that's kind of rare. My first memories are like six Mine or like seven. Five, six, yeah. yeah, I did take a cinder block to the head. When I, I did was do a lot six. of drugs. <laughs> oh, but I forgot the face of my father. But we also know oh. that babies, if babies <laughs> listen to Spanish. If they listen to, if they're like, because they have no language, you can play them any language on a radio and the parts of your brain that understand language light up. They can, they can, babies can understand almost any language in base in about a month of listening to it. They lose that ability as they get older. But like, I love this thing where he's talking to fucking Tinkerbell and he goes, you know, I was afraid. I got scared that I was going to grow up and I was going to die. A- attributing existential fears to an infant is so fucking brilliant to me. And then giving that baby agency where maybe, okay, if you want to make it real world, maybe this is Peter reinterpreting coincidence like, oh, the thing rolled down the hill it's and I fell story. in the rain and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and maybe that that's how he's imagining it. But something about a POV narrator that's one year old in a story about the high cost of growing old, so f- astoundingly powerful to me. I absolutely loved that our, for a moment, our story was being told to us by a human that had just been born. And it's being recounted to us by a man who's on his way to death. He got me on it. Mm. I know. Bird doesn't, that's fine. Yeah. That's totally okay, but but I like it. I don't know. I. It's like the Toodles thing. I don't think you can go into a fairy tale and being like, 
What's well, the physics the of fairy world, dust? Yeah, yeah, I get you it. Know, I catch like, myself doing that shit all the time. Look, um, I'll be reading a goddamn Marvel comic. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah technically police work doesn't work that way. They would have to have a warrant for search and seizure. Rapunzel gets pretty short when the prince rips her scalp off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just like things to be continuous. I like the logic of the fairy tale to be the logic of the fairy tale, yeah. you know, and be the consistent. Rules be consistent. Yeah. That, I, that I get yeah. to. I'm, I see. I'm yeah. kind of in the middle on this because I'm exactly like you, where you get that full story. I'll, fo- I'll follow same fake like, logic, but with, it's just got to be same consistent. Same with like the Lost Boy universe, I've read too, too many to Grimm's. Deal with I've, that. There's too many. See, I grew up on Grimm's fairy tales. Then how can you possibly look be looking for consistency in fairy tales? I'm riding along on my horse, and I'm a knight of the realm, and there are no... Oh, look, a frog has come up, and it has vomited upon my hand a large red ruby, and in the ruby is a tiny woman. I've been sucked into the ruby, and I'm speaking with a woman who is also a leopard. <laughs> Grimm's fairy tales make exactly mm. zero logical sense, but they are, they're so <clears throat> much more honest than the truth. And that's what I like about fairy tales. <laughs> 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 Um, <laughs> so can we talk about the one scene that I hate? Yeah, yeah. Okay, completely. The, the boo box? Isn't that the kissing no, the boo box is fucking freaky. No, that's just weird and uncomfortable. We don't need we don't need daughter singing on the end of a pier her oh. sad sappy song. Oh my god! I almost and turned the movie of the off. pirates going. Oh. I almost turned the movie off every time that that scene hits because it's so. <laughs> Thank you. I'm holding fucking back. Thank yeah. It's oh like my God. Okay, Max, Max and I are holding hands right now because we don't it's believe like what they believe. It's horrible. I love the song. I wish my mommy didn't die of cancer or whatever the it's fuck beautiful. she's saying. Like, it's beautiful. Does it, isn't it like about smells or it something? It is. It's like, weird. I don't know. It's just dumb. And it's just fucking dumb. It's about when, being on our own. When you I'm, two are in a fucking like like, I was gonna say funeral home, but it's the one before that. It's a, a retirement <laughs> home. <laughs> when you, it's the home before the funeral home. When you two are in a retirement home and Danielle need, and I are literally we're, like we're flying in around. Mode. I don't need Max the, and I, I are toodles. I rush my marbles. You're like I pooped. I don't like, right on. need a Mousekowitz movie uh, in the middle of my hook movie. So also, I have to say exactly. like. <laughs> Kid, little kids singing like that is yeah. one of my least favorite things. Well, it is because it's so fucking like. <laughs> Sorry, I hate it. I'm gonna sing my sad song. I want those vocals on the Squid Rainbow album. That's amazing. <laughs> that shit's amazing. Well, I almost fell out of my chair gonna, just now. I saw that. You're gonna leave a blue streak in your chair. Everybody, everybody, I love the song. It was sung by a very sweet little girl. No, was it? I liked it too, Danielle. Okay, the table's clearly divided on this issue. Man, I will fight all day that that scene is stupid as shit. Look, how about this? <laughs> Unnecessary. How about this? I'll. Const- how long is this movie? P.S. Oh, it's two hours twenty. Two twenty. It's as long as Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part One. Because when I saw the runtime, I was like, "We gotta watch." As much as I enjoyed this this time around, it did feel fucking long. It didn't to me. Uh, Yeah, halfway through, I was like, "Oh my god!" All right, I'm gonna say something kind of controversial, and Uh maybe Danielle will agree. Measuring flicks, that's weird. I know it's shocking. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna make a joke, but I was like, "I'll just have to edit that out," so I (laughs) held on to it. But this movie, to me, and this, I fully fully admit that much of this has to do with how many times I watched this as a kid, my nostalgia, and my bizarre ability to like read super deep meanings into fairly shallow things from time to time. 
this movie lives in the same space for me. It's, I'm not saying I'm not equivocating the two, but it lives in the same space as the Princess Bride for me. Wow. Okay. It's in that. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm serious. It's in that territory for like the nostalgia and the in the fancy nostalgic. Fa- I know. I I will say right now, it is not as good as Princess Bride. Princess Bride for me is going to always be my fairy tale movie. Yeah. But this movie, it's not mine. What What is your fairy tale movie? This This is probably one of the top. This is yep. this beats Princess I Bride. I didn't see Princess Bride until I was an adult. Uh, but yeah, okay. exactly what but happened I, with Bird in this movie. But I think, even if I had, I hate when the fridge kicks off halfway through an I episode. I don't think you can say even, I if, I even had, if I had because you have no idea what you would True. have enjoyed. Then. So okay, so is Labyrinth my hook then? Oh, I'd be okay with that. I, I mean, love, not that I. <laughs> I love. Lab- I didn't watch Labyrinth until I was in college, but oh my god, I love it so. Uh, much. I didn't okay. see Labyrinth huh. until I was in college, and I gotta. <laughs> I will. I like it a lot. I unless Bird wants to watch it, I might not watch it again. It was it was thoroughly. I I liked it. I enjoyed the movie, but I would never put it on the same level as Hook or Princess Bride. Where I would. That's crazy how that works. Yeah, I, I think nostalgia has a lot to do with how oh, we absolutely. perceive movies. Like, look, I love Lethal Weapon, but I know for a fact I'm I don't love Lethal Weapon. I'm starting to get nostalgic for the prequels in Star Wars. It's a very strange thing. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Wait, that wait, weird? wait. Episodes one, huh? two, and three? Yeah. yeah I, I say I, I will. Yeah, for sure. I dude, was like the perfect age. Yeah. Are we all cool with episode one? Star Wars episode one? Yeah. It, it's awesome, right? I'm cool with it. Yeah, it's yeah. totally I became, good. I became so, cool with it. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm cool with it Three's because. Three's a little hard. I think three is the best of the three. Right. Oh! <laughs> oh! Wow! Wow! Oh, no! Gross! Sometimes, oh, when you really have to make a boy. statement. That made me feel <laughs> a little sick. Okay. okay. You have turned my blue butt brown. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want me to burn burn through yeah, a couple notes? Yeah. These night episodes are weird. It is kind of We're all interesting. Like tired and kind of loopy. Yeah. You yeah. know what's weird though? Like I've been up since four. So Five thirty for me. I'm hitting a second win now, where yeah. I'm just like, let's. I gotta work out after this. Who wants so to watch like, a racer head? <laughs> so oh. anytime, oh, any no. place, no. any amount of weed. <laughs> no, <laughs> Carl. Carl, I've been waiting for a two yeah, seasons been waiting for, for you to say, say that. that. Dude, it took a year and a half for me to like prepare myself to say it and mean it. It sounds. It I didn't sounds. Want to say it not. Bird and I are gonna leave. It sounds no, crazy. Not. It sounds crazy. You will need babysitters and water getters. No. Oh hell no. <laughs> no. Oh hell no. 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 If you are gonna make, if you're gonna will have smoke to. a bunch of <laughs> weed and watch a racer head, you bringing this on yourself. Do you know what we? Well, okay, but before you judge us too harshly, we did also get super blazed at his bachelor party and watch Videodrome. At like one I don't o'clock know in the what's morning. What's wrong with you guys? Oh man, it, it was, was awesome, incredible. It's the best <laughs> watching a videodrome ever. Um, okay, let me burn some notes before we get too deep mm. into okay into the smoke. We still have to talk about Smee. We do. We're saving Smee for Smee. Yeah, Smee's gonna be his own bit. We're even gonna have music for him. Not really. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. I in a in a moment of Robin Williams at his Robin Williamsy best it's when he infiltrates when he first gets to neverland after tink takes him there and wrapped up in the blanket and she dresses him as the pirate mm-hmm. and she's like on his shoulder and she's like your left arm is dead and he drops his arm watching him physically transform into a pirate one body part at a time and then she starts 
Now drool. That stream of fucking drool that comes out of his mouth. That whole bit. I know Julia Roberts is in the scene and you guys aren't all crazy about her, but just forget her for a second. What Robin Williams is doing yeah, in that. That, mm-hmm. that body part Cute. by body part acting Top really tier, cool. but my favorite moment. And she goes, now growl. And he goes, yar. And she goes, louder. louder. And he goes, yar. And the guy goes, yar to you. Like, how, are, how are you? Good. And you? Not so bad. It was well, like yeah. a very letter Kenny kind of he moment. Goes, yar to you. How are you? Not, so Not bad. You? Not bad. All right. <laughs> Robin Williams is all right. He doesn't even growl it. It's just Robin Williams yeah. going, all, all right. right. And off he goes. <laughs> I fucking love that. While we're in Neverland, these sets are out oh of this fucking world. My God. So. Every five minutes with this one. Oh my God, these sets. I'm like, yeah. Dude. Yep. Well, yep. I have like three notes and then I like, You get the Lost Boys hangout. You get the pirate ship. You, when they do the wide shot of like oh pirate village, you're like, it's this crazy. is all built. Oh my God. When they pull back and you see the island, I was just like, Oh yeah. yeah, she doesn't have banging on the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't. I heard that's, all of it. That's not and it something. Well, this, like, hearing that, I hear that. I hear you tapping, man. That's not something that I could appreciate when I was young and watching that's this movie over movies. and over and over. But as an adult, just being in awe of this movie oh. still, but in completely different ways, mm-hmm. it was so magical to see. And that part of it too, seeing, knowing that everything was built on that set. One of my favorite amazing. details in this movie is when they're flying and you when Peter's flying for the first time you look down at the mm. island and the the reef is the compass. Uh, yes. I can't not see the map screen for the first Crash Bandicoot game for PlayStation <laughs> 1 whenever that happens. He's like, "Oh my god, I've got to do the six levels before I get to the mountain and the six mountain levels and then I got to do the six ones and the I play too many Nerd. Games. I miss I love that. You. Uh let's see here. <laughs> I love you nerd. Uh, oh, uh, no, it, when, mm-hmm. okay. no, I saw let's face. Just, let's just talk more generally because honestly <laughs> I wanted to, part of me wants to do notes, but part of me also just wants to talk, you know, cause sometimes notes feel kind of bogged down. One of my favorite parts is when, uh, when, uh, Peter, Peter at this point, is it banning or panning? Banning. Banning. When, with a B. when banning Peter, with a B. when Peter Bravo banning pulls out his checkbook and Hook shoots through the ch- shoots the checkbook, but also <laughs> the, shoots the pirate yeah. behind him. <laughs> There's several moments in here like that that are super funny. And while we're on Hook, let's jump to Dustin Hoffman's performance. Fuck. All right, that was Dustin Hoffman's performance in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk mm-hmm. about <laughs> moving on. One of my favorite bits in this is when Dustin Hoffman, because <clears throat> the scene reads two ways. When you're a kid, it's slapstick comedy. When you're an adult. There's a gravitas to the scene where Hook decides to kill himself. Oh, no. That fucked me up this oh, time. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Stop, stop me. It's me. Stop me. Can't you see? I'm trying to kill my... Well, like, it's that, funny, but that is not... When you're, when you're an adult watching this, what Everything's Hook, gone. Nothing matters anymore. What Hook is saying, he's like, all my adventures are behind me. He's completely There's resolved. Me. This is the only This is the only thing well, left for him now. And what he's saying the is... great adventure. Yeah, what he's he, what he's saying is like when I was young, I was I had all these swashbuckling adventures, and I was fame. And he and he's he's f- getting gray. He's fading. He he's not no having. Hair. Yeah, he's not mm-hmm. have. Well, I, I mean, his his life is going. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, 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 fading away from him. Color is coming out of. Yeah, it. the adventures are getting fewer and farther mm-hmm. between, and the the zest is gone out of life. And Hook is like. 
probably like 69 Let's say he's old. pushing 70. He's yeah. in yeah, he's in his later 60s I'd say, but like this late 50s through your 60s, that now especially in 2020 where everyone's really aware of it, this right here is like the risk spot for particularly white men for killing themselves. Yeah. For this reason, feeling purposeless. There's this great quote about um about exactly this, why why the men between the ages of 40 and 60 are killing themselves so much more there's this quote that says most men in america live lives of quiet desperation that's hook to a fucking t what wasn't something very similar said like decades ago about women mm-hmm. i don't know i think um, we've talked about that on, on an episode hmm. maybe hmm. i just heard it on joe rogan's show so he might have misappropriated it, and then I misappropriated it from him. And honestly, I don't care that much. Um, so when Hook is bombing around, and he goes and gets his pistol, and he's like, don't try to stop me, Smee. And Smee's like, sure, okay, I got you. And he puts the gun up to his head, and he's like, don't try to stop me, Smee. Don't try to stop me. Don't you dare try to stop me. Try to stop me, Smee. And Smee's like, hmm? Mm-hmm. What do you see in there? And he runs over, and he grabs the gun. And Hook's like, Don't, this is not a game. I'm committing suicide. And he shoots through the roof. And he looks at Smee and he goes, don't you ever scare me like that again. I'm sorry, Captain. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How do you feel? And there's this, it's a hilarious Dustin Hoffman moment. He goes, how, how do you feel now? So after he's shot the gun off and everything, and Dustin Hoffman, having just been like, please don't let me kill, him, kill myself, he goes, I want to die. <laughs> It's a good impression. It's, it's a really good impression. Hilariously funny, but at the same time, it's, it's that some sad shit. Yeah, yeah. It shook me up a little, man. I was kind of rattled on the couch because it's that thing of like, you get to the end of the the edge of the building or the bridge, the high point on the bridge, and you're like, here I go, I'm fucking doing it. I'm gonna jump. No, 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 no. Oh God, I can't believe I almost did that. Whew. But by the time you're back in the car, you're like. Maybe I should go back to the bridge. Yeah, there's there's my note. This is not a joke. I'm committing suicide. Is super dark. Yeah. Yeah, that whole sequence is. I remember laughing hysterically as a kid. The at that. line is actually, "This is not a joke. I'm committing suicide." This is not a joke. I'm committing suicide. Yeah, that's when he's wrestling the gun away yeah. from him. And it, it reads weird now. Yep. It's still funny because Dustin Hoffman's a genius. Yes. But man, it definitely that. The ability to have a scene read two ways, man, that's like, God damn it, Dustin. He's You're so fucking good. Not, isn't it weird how a performance, uh, how a read on a performance can change? Because he got so, he did. He got an enormous amount of shit for this. Yeah. And this is a masterpiece performance. He's. I don't understand why he got so much shit for this. His lip acting when he's making his mustache twitch at the he's clock. Made, Danielle's like, how are they making his how mustache twitch? I'm like, he's making his mustache it's twitch. It's Dustin Hoffman just sitting in front of a mirror for hours trying to figure out which muscles make his mustache it's move. It's that one. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, dude, it's so amazing. Watching how, the way, watching him work that hook, it's as though he's had that hook forever. Yep, it's been part of. Him his entire life. He manipulates Hundreds stuff with it really effectively. He mm-hmm. fights with it at the end. Mm-hmm. So what? Didn't Peter cut his hand off and feed it to the crocodile, and that's yes. when he got the hook? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was he called before he was called Hook then? Captain. Captain. Captain James. 
Well, it's in- it's interesting because in the J.M. Barry book, th- I think there's actually some ambiguity about that. No one his, remembers his name a- is actually Hook, and it just it happens to have a hook. Mm. It's no. maybe his last name is actually Hook, and then yeah. ironically, after he got his hand cut off, he decided to go for a hook. Here's what I think. The way that I think of it is, these people are all myths. This is a this is a mythic thing written. I mean, we find out from Wendy that Jam Barry lived next door, and that's he got the idea got the from idea her from and her, stuff. Yeah. So these are stories that were written down by an author in the real world. She claims that the adventures all happened first, but like, I think these people all came out whole cloth. It's like God basically going like, and Neverland, and here's Hook, and sometime in the and past, they all exist as they do. Yeah. But the stories do, too. It's like, yes, Peter cut off his hand and fed it to the crocodile, and the crocodile also ate a clock. But before that moment, they didn't exist at all. But when they came into, now that they've come into being, their whole backstories are all there. Actually, this is simulation theory. Mm. It is simulation theory, yeah. We could all have come into existence just now, and everything that ever happened to us before is implanted memories. Philip K. Dick writes about this all the time. Dude, that's why I love Philip K. Dick. Yeah, there would be no way to... Ever so know. is everybody in Neverland immortal? Unless they get shot or drowned or stabbed. Well, or... we know they're not immortal because Rufio dies. Yeah. Right, but he gets like unless they just don't you know, age, but yeah, there's mortality. Ageless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, because the pirates get older. Hook but the get, boys don't. The boys don't. And it's how are they all different ages then? Sex and violence. Uh, well, we find out that the lost boys come mm. from the real world. They they lost their mothers or their. Do you ever read orphans? Neverwhere, Neil Gaiman? It's like the I think the the Lost Boys the same way as the people of London below. It's just the people who fell through the cracks. So they're all orphans in the real world, and at some point they made their way. From I took it as they were all runaways, yeah, more, or less. more yeah. or less. You yeah. can think of it How that way. How come there are no girls? Because they're the Lost Boys. Well, no, that's that, it's it's a plot. It's part of the plot of Jam Barry's book. They've yeah. never seen a girl before. When Wendy shows up, they all start using her as their mother because there's no women in Neverland. Yeah. They're all orphans. There's pirate women. They're all prostitutes. They're all credited as prostitutes in the credits. Every fucking one of them. Do the pirates have kids? Not that I... No, because Hook appropriates Peter's child to hurt him. Hook, he never had a son of his own. I mean, people don't have kids for many other reasons than... I don't know if they can. Because the pirates' world is a world of violence, and the kids' world is a world of like childlike innocence, but no world has overt sexuality. Because even the even like even the pirate wench chicks never really interact with anyone. They're just there as set dressing. They're like, I mean, the the world is almost like a like a facade. In a weird way, Neverland doesn't seem to have a whole lot of depth to it, which actually is, I think, kind of amazing because at the end peter rejects what we would look at as like a garden of eden or a paradise right where he, could he goes s- home yeah he could stay young and he could have adventures forever but there's more than that and it costs a lot to get more than that but that's a price that he's willing to pay and i think that's kind of beautiful it's a it's a very bittersweet thing but the fact that he turns his back on fun he's forever fucking peter pan and says no yeah man he literally rules Family. the roost yeah. in that in that land, and he goes back to die. He elects to grow old and die rather than stay in Neverland. Yeah. Wait. So the pirates can't leave. So they're trapped there. 
Yeah, it's hell. Are we sure we're not? Okay, thank you. Yeah, there's a little bit of purgatorium. Thank you. Yeah, purgatorium. Mm. Purgatorium. That's where you get your candy bars in purgatory. <laughs> the candy purgatorium. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think kill the lawyer is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rufio lays out the metaphor right there. He goes, "All he goes, I am not a pirate." He goes, "All grown-ups are pirates." We kill pirates. And then Peter goes, I'm not a pirate. It just so happens I'm a lawyer. And he goes, kill, kill the lawyer. Kill the lawyer. But I think that's, that. I mean, that's definitely the metaphor that that J.M. Barry sets up in the story is like grownups are all violent, plundering, greedy assholes. And kids are not. Kids are fun. What? It's a radio. Until the you whole, do have like, to talk. Kids are <laughs> so like, so it's audio. Until... Well, age three or whatever. This was when an, they learn empathy. It was an innocent time before mm-hmm. we had what was that documentary, Children of Rage, all about oh, sociopaths Jesus. under the age of ten. Have you ever seen this? No, and I don't think I want mm-hmm. to. It's pretty fucking wild. No, thank you. So, how do you feel about your little sister? Sometimes I want to kill her. <laughs> fucking nuts, dude! Little kids mm-hmm. being like, "Mommy doesn't like me because I tried to suffocate my brother." And they're like. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh, Would you like a doll Not allowed to have dolls Cause I cut the insides out And pull them all out And throw them on the floor And I wish I could do it to my parents But they took my parents away Cause I want to kill them And you're like First of all Why do all of the children sound like they that sound, yeah, They all right. sound like Bob ah! From the house by the cemetery <laughs> Daddy Daddy Oh my god <laughs> Uh, um, no, I think the you. dinner scene is excellent because magic <laughs> equals belief in abundance. This is very Jen Sincero-y, by the way. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, I wish I could pretend that there was food and then there would suddenly be, be food. food. No, <laughs> but you can because that's what ritual magic is. You Make just, me food, funky. You, uh, I will, actually. See, that's how magic works in my house. <laughs> that's how the force works, too. Uh, let's see. I love the name-calling. I love the name-calling game between Rufio and Pan. I think that's fucking hilarious. Did you not like it? You lewd, crude, rude, bag of pre-chewed, pre-chewed, pre-chewed food, food, dude. <laughs> Bang! I like, you are a fart factory. <laughs> <laughs> Some days, man. <laughs> I was, I was, I think I was snuggling the dog and I was like, you, you are, are a fart, fart factory. factory. <laughs> oh my God. All right, there, I killed one whole page of notes. I didn't. I haven't taken this many notes on a movie in a while. Cutting here, dude. This is. I you forget this is a Spielberg movie Mm -hmm. until like really excellent cinematic moments happen, like when he cuts the coconut in half. Yes. And they cut to this like low angle shot, and it almost looks like the sun is rising behind him, but it's torchlight. But it almost looks like sunrise, and you hear the distant echo of a crow. What I a, noticed that too for the first time ever when I watched it. This or a, time. of a rooster, but the, yeah. a rooster crowing. What a, what a perfect way to show a thought. Like he yeah. he is feeling in his soul the urge to crow. I just cut that motherfucking coconut in half, but the adult in him rejects it, and it's like the the it's moment. Like, oh shit! What I do? Yeah, he's like, and he's got a he's got this big sword. Who am like, I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just it's a gorgeous moment. Um. Another amazing moment is uh, the baseball game when all the pirates are playing <laughs> He baseball. shoots the guy trying to steal He's second base. He's stealing second! 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Bad form. We're playing by Master Jack's rules. Violent sport, isn't it, baseball? <laughs> <laughs> I love the I love the baseball game. It's so so goofy, but well done. Like, yeah. It's like, okay, be a pirate. You've never played or heard of baseball before. Watching go. Watching Smee throw pitches. Doing the wind up, wind oh, yeah. up, wind his, up. Like, wind his up. like feet, and he's he's like walks halfway towards the home plate and then skips back. It's just, it's like he's doing old timey boxing. It is. Yeah, a little bit. It's yeah. very like he's a pugilism. pugilism. <laughs> <laughs> I totally love that. Um, I love I the the tree hideout. Holy shit! By the way, speaking of Princess Bride, here's another secret. Secret knot on a tree that opens up and leads you. Oh down my into a god! Right. Chamber. Oh my god! It is. Play interesting, my friend. So, I won't. I I won't talk about the baby again. But I want to talk about. Oh my god, <laughs> wow, dude! <that> <laughs> Did you even crazy. see that eyeball? Yeah, that was. I thought it was gonna <laughs> pop out for a second. <laughs> Holy shit! One eye was like hanging down on her cheek. The other one was spinning in her head like a top. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Mad eye no, moody. Yeah, yeah she's totally straight did. mad eye moody. Did <laughs> talk about eye acting Maybe here. Don't talk, talk about, about Peterson. The baby. <laughs> okay, the baby will not come into play. <laughs> You'll throw it out with the bathwater. Yeah, bat. We will drown the baby in the bathwater. We're gonna straight Medea this thing. Um, <laughs> But there's this there's this great moment, and it's all like background dialogue because it's when uh, grown up Peter is narrating his, his, the thoughts of that which oh. will not be named, and it's the little not to be named bassinet right. thing. So anyway, as he's telling the story, we're hearing Peter's real life mother when he is. Oh my god, dude! The way that Robin Williams says, "My mother, I remember my mother." What she's saying to the other woman next to her explains why the baby's thinking what the baby's thinking right because he's gonna go to boarding school he's gonna go to the best schools We've he's gonna be a lawyer to, he's going yeah they've his whole his life is planned future. already his whole yeah. yeah his life is up to his death <laughs> I, I i wrote it down a litany of dull is what it is Ooh, it's yeah all of the best schools perhaps harvard maybe oxford maybe some rochester or Lily Hammer English Bad Tooth School or whatever the other schools are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he'll Accurate. be a doctor or an admiral or a lawyer. And you just, even as like as a 29-year-old man who could definitely use a little money on the credit card, you know, I'm like, fuck, does that sound like a shit life? Oh, my mm-hmm. God, run screaming little. Oh, there he goes. Yeah, it's all but tiny tunes. It give me the Benny Hill the theme oh. right there. Yakety sax as that thing is banging down the hill. A really long, a super long scene of it, just like bopping down. I don't have enough half naked women running behind him though. So well, no, I mean, you give me the remake of. <laughs> um. Yeah, okay, so let's see. I covered that note. I covered that note. Is there anything I really give a shit about? Can I ask a question? Yeah, totally. Um, the film seems to imply that um, Peter left Wendy at the altar. Mm. Did I misconstrue that? I didn't catch. No, I don't think it was the altar. Like, he just, he, just left. He, he left and didn't come back. She said in a proper about amount of time. She was wearing a pink something something, and they had this very 
weird moment where they're like an inch away and you think they're gonna make out oh when and then he, he like turns away before he remembers that he was peter yeah it's early early on when she's like when he's he's like who what's going and when he's maggie smith to yeah. maggie smith i yeah. thought she was talking about with how she dreamed of their wedding like oh. that that was the because this was before they go to this, Neverland. Yeah, this right? is yeah. before Neverland. Yeah. This is early, so early, early. Peter in the Banning movie. is still Peter Banning. Because Peter, Peter, Peter Banning Peter thinks that she's lost her mind and starts calling for Moira. He's like, Moira, Moira, you just stay there. You stay there, Grandma Wendy. And that, yeah, no, that she's describing her her like fantasy. What actually happens is when Peter goes to Neverland, mm-hmm. he we see, actually see it happen when he goes to Neverland as Peter banning and then becomes peter pan Mm -hmm. he forgets all about his kids he forgets he was ever married and well his kids forget him too it's like everybody just goes if you stay any yeah if you stay in either place too long you lose the other place so Mm -hmm. what peter peter hangs out with wendy and they go to neverland and they have all these adventures but she has to go home again Mm -hmm. to be with her parents and stuff so he takes her back and then he fucks off to neverland and maybe 10 years go by before he's like, oh, Wendy, let's go check that out. Yeah. Because he's young and never grows old. The time, the space time continuum or the sense of time in Neverland is it's not basically not existent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's super screwed up because he never gets older. Mm-hmm. So off he goes and he's, talk about Arrested Development, man. You know, like he goes and has adventures for a decade. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, wouldn't it be great to see Wendy again? And he comes back and he's like, Gwyneth Paltrow. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And she she gets she ages by decades every mm-hmm. time. And I think it's because Peter runs off to Neverland and lives so much in his own mind. It's I mean we it's the only lovers left alive yeah, statement exactly. all over again. You and who knows how time operates there? I mean, he doesn't realize he's been gone for that long because if you have forever, how long does a day seem? Well, look what it giving yourself over one hundred percent to your imagination costs you in the real world yeah quite a lot look how much of her life he missed because he was off having adventures in his head it's kind of weirdly like applicable to a writer jam barry or nick castle in this case (laughs) max peterson yeah if it is true though like if you if you go a hundred percent into imagination and adventures and you might have some rocking good times but when you like turn back around thousands of hours at at a desk yeah thousands of hours yeah yeah then but what what did you miss while you were there and what he missed was wendy's whole life you know okay so no they were not ever no, supposed to they get were married. never okay. gonna get married she wanted it i think she yeah there was she, definitely, she, wanted, she, that she was, dreamed about it yeah okay yeah um okay more amazing dialogue when the final showdown between peter pan i've spit on you twice tonight carl i keep eating it it's not good Ooh. good don't waste it i need a little bit of Protein. No, that was not. That was just. Mm-mm. That was a spittle. It was. Yeah, just straight, straight foam. Medium. <laughs> <laughs> you know when that foam that comes out of a crab's face. You know that's pee. Oh yeah, yeah they pee out their face. They pee out their face. Isn't that amazing? Crabs are fucking amazing. <laughs> and all delicious. Um, when Peter Pan and Hook square <laughs> off. Pee on the, no. <laughs> no. When Peter Pan and Hook get together to fight. <laughs> Peter Pan, prepare to meet thy doom. Dark and sinister man, have at thee. That's amazing. Because these are two grown men. Yes. But right now, these are two grown men in Neverland. This is... Watching 
Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams say silly things to each other, like stilted, silly fairy tale dialogue. I can't not hear breathing in my ear. I gotta take that one off. It might be me actually. When I'm, is it? No, it's it's is it? it's, it's the road for sure. Mm. Mm. Sorry. Mm. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. What are you better? <laughs> what did you think of the chicken? The chicken gun firing eggs at people. What did you think of the marble machine guns? Oh, I thought oh. they were like gumballs or whatever. All of the, there. All of the like the Lost Boys um, <laughs> arsenal is all pretty love cool. The, the, Watch like, jumping yes. through the wall and suddenly having armor on. That's Loved cool. That. The suiting up is awesome because sometimes they go through like a webbing thing. Yes. Yeah, it's really cool. There's one dude who looks like he just walks through like like blinds. Yep. Or they roll down curtains. Yes. Oh, and then, boop, there it is. It's fucking sweet because part of me is watching it for the show too. I'm like, how in the, yeah. the, costuming. How the fuck yeah. did so they oh, yeah. manage that? Like, Cut a frame or two. Yeah. Best ever. I, I want, every time I watch it, I'm like, they must have really done it, but I don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like quick change Cost- artists. Costuming man. magic. Yes, man. Well, For when sure. you got. Costuming and prop magic. You got, uh, uh, what is it? Industrial light and magic? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you've got them working on your shit, they're like. Magnets. Do you. Magnets. How do they work? <laughs> George Lucas knows. He does. Magnets are how you bring the devil to a spaceship. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? Uh, oh, did you miss it? Magnets are the way you bring the devil to a spaceship. She's never seen the... the yeah, the, no, no, I didn't miss it. She's never seen the Sam Neill classic Event Horizon, apparently. You've never seen Event Horizon? <laughs> You've Ma- seen Event Horizon. What's wrong with you? Max, listen, like I said, assume I've never seen any movie ever. Good point. Good I point. have? What is this? And also how you put uh, armor on a lost boy. For sure. Um, One of the two <laughs> things will happen with magnets. All right. There's very <laughs> little room in between. <laughs> you get really you should know what you're doing. Because <laughs> you're either going to get blinds on your body or a devil on a spaceship. One of those, <laughs> one of those, one of those two, two things, things are going to happen. Where does the spaceship come from? It comes Sam from Sam Neill's garage. <laughs> Don't be stupid. <laughs> Dude, the way you said that, where you're like, oh, space. It was like it was like it was like Neil deGrasse Tyson after six gin and tonics, right. and you were and like fifth TED talk, and someone asks a dumb question. He's, he did. He just did like a back to back TED talks, and he's just a day drunk on gin, and someone's like Neil deGrasse Tyson, where are where do you find a black hole? And he just goes space. <laughs> Don't be stupid. I just got that feeling when you said that, when like you say something, you're dumb, and your dad's like, you're dumb. I got exactly that feeling. Oh, no. I'm oh, sorry. No. I would never want to give anyone that feeling. Oh, no. I'm just trying to caution you on the proper use of magnets, for Christ's sake. Yeah, don't fuck around with magnets, listener. Unless you want to have some baller armor or are trying to meet the devil on a spaceship. I'm pleased with both of these outcomes. <laughs> get off the magnets. baby and careful with magnets. Yeah. If you're going to <laughs> if, Hook will, if Hook taught us anything, get off the baby, be careful with magnets. And, uh, okay. So we're at the end now. There's the little girl. Okay. I know you guys. <laughs> I'm going to lean back. My job here is done. I know you guys. You. The little Maggie, yes. the little like four-year-old actress, six-year-old actress, or whatever. Yes, we're gonna find out like later on that she was like twenty-one during the filming of yeah. this. Um, 
there's that moment when Hook is about to kill, or I'm sorry, when Peter is about to kill Hook. And he's like, you killed Rufio, you kidnapped my children, you deserve to die. And he raises his shoulder ever so slightly and Maggie grabs his arm. And she said, Dad, please let's go. He's just a mean old man without a mommy. That also got me because it in 2020, there's a certain... There, I would say we're a bit divided as a nation right now. There's a, a bit. bit in your head. <clears throat> when I say like, like asshole, she was seven, dude. She was seven years old. She was seven. She looks a lot younger than seven mm-hmm. in that movie. Anytime you run into like a grumpy, dickish, assholeish old man from now on, listener, just try and think of them this way. They're just a mean old man without a mommy. Makes it kind of sad. It does, man. I I felt, and you you didn't like this movie, so I'm sure none of the stuff that hit me hit you. I'm talking to Bird right now, listener. But for me, this this literally, for the first time in like a year or more, I felt like this huge surge of empathy for anyone who's angry. Angry people bum me out. I know you're totally disagree. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Carl right now. <laughs> anyway, or Danielle, or somebody who agrees with me. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> but I. It, no, I get it though. <clears throat> it's like when someone is a. I don't know. Like I'm. I'm working retail again. When someone's a dick to you, or curt to you, or is just like shitty. You don't know. I mean. Yeah, you don't. The, Something fucked them up so that they're walking through this amazing life that we're all walking through and not getting it. You know? What do you got? They let something fuck them up. See, now that's the difference between Bird and I. I have got this empathy. She's just got revenge. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's going to love Lady Snowblood. Anyway. I don't know if she's going to get to watch it, but, um, uh,. And then at the very end, there's a Robin Williams acting moment that I love, and it's when he's saying goodbye to Tinkerbell. And she says, say it for me, Peter. Say it just one more time. And say, uh, say it and mean it. And he looks up, and it's a, it's a shot from her POV down on Robin Williams. And he says, I believe in fairies. When he says that, I legitimately believe that Robin Williams Believed. believes in fairies. Yeah. It's, it's like the first time he sees Wendy on the staircase. It's that real to me. It's somehow Robin Williams found that that part of himself, that genuine childlike part of himself that legitimately believes in fairies, and he caught it and he put it on film for us. It's incredible. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I love this movie. I think Hook is amazing. I would like to talk for just one moment. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about, about Smee at all. We do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank I, you. Don't worry. Fuck. I was gonna I was gonna bring it up before we ended okay. things. Okay. He might be like the. The, the secret best part of this movie. I'm not I don't think it's secret. the secret I think best he part. He is the best part of this movie. He's the best part of this movie. <laughs> Fucking Bob Hoskins, man. So I came to him from Who Framed Roger Rabbit first, right? So I knew him as Detective Eddie Valiant. He's the detective. He's Eddie Valiant. I'd have to go back and watch it. Oh, it's <laughs> so it good. Once. Christopher Lloyd. Oh, oh my, my God. God. All right. Yeah, yeah. Continue. So. <laughs> You see Eddie Valiant, and he's a very particular kind of person. Mm-hmm. And then you have Smee. The, fuck, man. Talk about a character actor, man. Seriously, Could dude. not be more different. And then he's in this movie called Mermaids, 
with Cher, and he's a whole other kind of just Bob Hoskinsy Bob Hoskins. So, if listeners, and Carl, and Danielle, maybe not Danielle. Yeah, Danielle's included too. What? Next time you're thinking, I want to watch a mermaid movie. What mermaid movie should we of watch? Of course, include me. I love mermaids. Kind of rugged. It's a horror film. But here's what it is. I'd okay. watch it. You need to watch it. There's I'd watch a, it. I love mermaids. Polish? Oh, no, there's a Polish. There's a Polish horror comedy musical. Musical. Excuse me. Psychedelic. It's it is a psychedelic Sexy. sex comedy horror Excuse musical. Excuse me. Called The Lure, and it might still be on the Criterion Channel. Bird and I watched it. This movie is unreal. I actually oh thought about making God. it one of my picks. The lure oh is. Oh my god! Re- do you wanna? I, I already out have my second pick. I know you do. You okay? List. We're not gonna cover it may, now. Maybe at a future date. Not in season three. So I you wanna get, watch a sexy mermaid horror the comedy lure, musical? A hook is a kind of lure. <laughs> I know. I know. Mermaids in the bay. I don't want to derail it, but watch the lure. It's really good. Let's talk more about Bob Hoskins, dude. I'd love to. Yeah, I love the fact that Smee is the one who actually comes up with all of Hook's plans. No, he is. He's he's the fucking brains, man. Hook is just the Hook's gonna kill the kids, and Smee saves them mm-hmm. because, in a weird way, Smee is the most adult of them all. Because yeah, because Smee's the one who, during the big pirate fight with the Lost Boys, he's like, "Fuck all you, I'm." Taking the treasure and yep. running, putting he's, it in my pants. He's, he's the smart pirate. He's the smart, logical pirate, and like he pull he pulls out medical records on scrolls of, <laughs> Pe- of Peter Banning to prove that it's Peter Pan, and yeah, convinces. Wait, how did he get those? Can movie they must fairy be tale. Magic. Fairy tale. Movie magic. <laughs> um. Yeah, he goes. He goes for the gold. He goes. I'm gonna get, get the fuck out of here. I'm not gonna fight. I'm gonna get gold and run. He's the somewhere. most adult of the pirates, yeah, for sure. And convinces Hook to make the children love him, create the sort of Stockholm syndrome type relationship. I almost feel like Smee, and not to bog us down in this shit, but I almost feel like Smee understands how Neverland works. No, he. I think he he has the, like the inside baseball on yeah. like all of it. Because he's like he's like if you just he keep Jack here long enough, Jack will forget anything but this. So don't kill him. Just keep him around mm-hmm. and eventually. Ooh, that's a fair point. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Smee seems to understand that this is very accomplishable. This won't be difficult. He's only got three days. Three days, and they've seen how Peter Banning has fallen short. Right, right. So as a father, fallen short, but also forgotten. Because mm-hmm. like I think Hook kind of vaguely reckon Hook doesn't realize what's happened, but I think Smee does. Hook is just like, what the fuck? You can't fly. You're all old. Yeah, this and is pathetic. What's going on? But I think Smee is like, oh, he forgot everything because he left for too long. Mm. Hmm. So he takes that little kernel, and then when it comes down to, I the think kids, he says that too. I think he says that out loud to the pirates. He's like, he's been gone from Neverland too long. He's forgotten everything. He had that kind of sense of surprise too when he delivered that line too. Like, oh my god! Like, he does. This, that is this him villain that says goes, that he's forgotten everything. He's forgot. He and he seems uh, aghast. Yeah. At yes. that. It, so does Hook. Too. It really bothers him. Yeah. Hook is very disappointed. Well, he's disappointed because he doesn't have his nemesis. Right. Which is kind of a childlike way to look at the situation. Smee is kind of existentially horrified that this is what can happen to right. us if we leave. <laughs> Dude. 
this movie gets better the more I talk about it. And I love just all the way through Bob Hoskins is fucking hysterical. So good. Oh, it, him, him smashing clocks, him mm. playing baseball. Oh my god, the spitball or the the curveball one when he. Ugh, he's, he's hilariously funny. He's got a great voice too. Yes, he does. He has really like beautiful moments of honesty, and then just perfect character acting, comedic acting. Even that little sting with him at the end when Peter wakes up and he's back in London and oh, he's yeah. outside. He's a street sweeper. And he's street sweeper. Yeah. <laughs> in trouble with the missus. One of my favorite parts about that little sting at the end is he's the only person that we see outside of Neverland. That Which we makes see. me think that he's sort of like maybe more than what he seems. What The way that I was wondering, I was kind of wondering about this. I, could, I don't have an answer, but I... I'm curious because I think the implication is, was this all a dream? Yeah, I know mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. well, but well, I mean, there's a couple of places that do this. For example, uh, the Matrix does it. Neverwhere does it. There's an awesome bit in Neverwhere <laughs> where our narrator goes through like a trial, and basically the trial is just he wakes up and he's back on normal London, and everyone's telling him that he's been a crazy homeless person for like a year. And that he's just been hallucinating this whole time and that all of his adventures are 12 monkeys, man. Yeah. yeah, it's that thing where it's like, what are you fucking talking about? He's gaslighting. I am mentally divergent. Yeah. Well, S- even like when, when, Hook, when Hook and Peter are fighting and Hook kind of has him cornered and it's like, you're just having a dream. You're going to wake up from this gin-infused, like, drunken dream mm-hmm. and you're going to be all boring, nasty, lawyer pants... And the movie plants that seed there, and then seeing Smee, that that little bit of doubt grows back in your mind. But the other thing is, it's I'm up to us to believe at that point. After Hook dies, why mm-hmm. would what does Smee have to stay for in Neverland anymore? Oh, he doesn't. I think that's legit Smee, and I think he, he fucked off because he took his golden <laughs> ran and then became a sweet. Well, it didn't he just left? I think he left. I think mm-hmm. he was like, I've been here a really long time, and. I think he, I think he, I mean, I don't know, because we don't really get a coda to him. He just kind of vanishes at one point and then shows back up in the real world. But he's the most thoughtful character, and I'm kind of wondering if he's like, I want to see what shit's like on the other side, you know? Or he doesn't want to do that forever. Yeah. And yeah, he then contemplate his, eating a gun. He got yeah, his gold. Just, yeah, he got his gold. He got out. And now he's He was going him. to run when the battle was happening. This is where he ran. Yeah, I love it. This is where he ran. And what helps, too, because even though th- there's, even though this is a coward, <laughs> nice do it on my car. <laughs> <laughs> even though this is a fairy tale and you get through this, this beautiful and emotional action packed movie and Peter Banning wakes up and you see Smee and you go, oh, God, please don't let this have been a dream. You get that like, oh, please don't let this have been a dream. Mm. Then at the very end, Toodles with his happy thoughts, with his marbles, he flies I out the window and goes to Neverland. I fucking love that. So you get that resolve like, no. And everyone's freaking no, out. No, magic is real. So I, you know it's real. I like that everyone's freaking out, but no one seems freaked scared out. or free. Yeah, everyone is delighted. They're all surprised, but everyone's like, holy shit, Toodles is flying. <laughs> yeah, nobody's like, fuck me, he's flying. No one's the throwing fuck? up on themselves. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
Moira just leaps out the window to her death. She's just like, <laughs> I can't deal with the madness any longer. That's a crazy moment, too, but we've gone for two hours, so I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> so does anyone have any further notes or final thoughts on Hook? Danielle. Danielle, what a what a treat. What an absolute delight. I'm so glad. Such a great I'm movie. so glad. Bird? Bird, I'm sorry you didn't like it. But that's it's part, okay. But that's part of this that's podcast. Like you know what? That's part of this podcast. Payback's a bitch next week, huh, Bird? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hostel, oh, hate me. Hostel 2 is going to be, for me, Buckle is going to be like. Fuck up, <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe it, maybe I yeah, will she, go into this. With she like, did The Exorcist, no problemo. If, if we get halfway through it and she's like fiddling under the diddles, uh, I'll be like very surprised. Excuse me? Nothing. Fiddling under the diddles. Fiddling under the fiddles. Danielle, if you use magnets, you're going to end up with the devil (laughs) on your spaceship. Okay? So let's... That's right. We just learned that. Right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. God. It's like they don't even listen listen. to us, Carl. (laughs) I was in Neverland too long. I forgot everything. These are my my favorite... (laughs) These are my favorite episodes. How many times have no, you and I... No, what I think I... is going to happen is she's going to watch Hostel 2, then suddenly I'm going to, like, for some reason, look on her computer, and she's going to have Pornhub pulled up with a whole bunch of fucking, like... I think it's going to be even worse. You're going to come home, and she's going to have, like, Cannibal for, Cannibal for Rocks, or, like... <laughs> <laughs> or, or, like, she'll be watching... She'll the floodgates be saying, hey, baby, I've planned us a vacation. Oh, no. You, you get home, there's always, like, these weird Amazon packages. You see her hiding a copy of Serbi- like, right Serbian now, film under her pillow. <laughs> maybe How she, the fuck do these magnets work? I don't know, dude. Maybe she gets way into horror movies. Like, hardcore horror movies after this. You know, this. I was not a horror movie person until I met Carl. And then you with start him in this slow. podcast and you, you guys, I've gotten really into horror movies. I'm so glad. It really I is. I too. They're, they're so fun. fun. They're so much fun. She hasn't seen Hereditary, right? No. Okay. She's not ready for Ari Aster. Not yet. No. But I'm, I'm telling you, man, I honestly think that some oh, of the- I just got a wiggly under your skin. I know, me too. <laughs> Dude, the fact that that movie still is a worm in my brain oh, makes me oh, so oh, happy I, and terrified all at the same time, and I that, fucking love it. I'm still- I'm still the not. The scenes that I made fun of on the show are the ones that continue to terrify me now. They, that movie is stunningly good. Did you ever watch The Witch? Do you still have my copy of The I Witch? I still have your copy you of The Witch. You gotta spin that, dude. I'm telling you, it's so no, good. No, I think I brought it back. We'll figure that out. You might have. Yeah, yeah. But I, I honestly think that horror, Danielle, as far as like what's being done in film today, I think that if you want to look at the genre that is. Blumhouse and. Yeah. A24 in particular. Like the mm-hmm. genre that is still pushing, still pushing film forward, horror, one hundred percent. Wait, Get Out, Parasite? Us, Hereditary, Parasite, Parasite. Isn't I that thought, horror? I thought it was a horror comedy, actually. Parasite. It won. It was the it first one, first yeah. foreign, yeah. Uh, foreign language film to win in ninety-four in ever. history, in the history, of the whole history, the Academy of the Awards. Mm-hmm. Also, Which Ro- is incredible. Uh, mad shout out to my boy Roger Deakins, cinematography for nineteen seventeen. Mother. I love Roger Deakins. <laughs> Death, my favorite cinematographer of all time. Skyfall. I think he... Yeah, never mind. We're not going to talk about Roger Deakins. We're getting the hell out of here. Hell so yeah. Next who, should we, who should we thank? Uh-oh, who are we thanking? We're going to thank our patrons. And if you oh, like what okay. we do, ladies and gentlemen, you can head on over to patreon.com slash quillandfilm. Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. You can get full-length bonus episodes and shout-outs on the show. Uh, we're heading into season three, and we have got some super awesome um, full-length... I can almost not do it. <laughs> 
it, it was fine when it was just Carl doing music, but then there was like dance components entering, and I was like, I'm like, hello, my baby, hello, my patrons. Um, so, <laughs> shoutouts on the show sound a little bit, uh, a little something like this. We would love to thank Brian Jackson. We would also like to thank Connor Sweeney. Say your own name. Danielle Hartley. Say your name right. This is my I was saying flicks. my name right. No. You're Daniela Hartelli. There you go. That's it's <laughs> not how you say my name. David Rowney. You're just lucky we're not. Co- I'm not still calling you Danielle Pelshaw every fucking show. Prince, Prince Lou. Wow, Prin- I thought that died. Yeah. When I married her, apparently not. <laughs> well, no, I can still do it. I can say Daniela Hartelli. Nay, Prince we would also love to thank John Shiby, Casey Shiby, both of whom will be here on the. Well, let's not tell their travel oh, yeah, plans yeah. in case there's anybody who wants to assassinate them. We would <laughs> like Wagner. We'd also like to give a shout out to. Oh, mad oh. shout out to them as uh, well as Katie Clark. Katie Clark. Uh, we would also like to thank Kevin Ramirez, uh, one of our newer patrons. Yes, yes. What's his What's his name? K K Ram. K Ram. I remember that dude. I love that nickname. I feel like I need a fist to buy. I know. <laughs> Every fist bumped K Ram. Every Whack. time we're like, and thank you, Kevin Ramirez. And Carl's like, mad shout out to my brother K Ram. I'm like, fuck, I missed out on something. <laughs> eh? <laughs> we would also like to. Uh, Sister Sarah. <laughs> that was I don't know how that beautiful. worked. It was actually pretty good. I kind of liked a that a little. Okay, thank you. just say the name. I after, was just like, really confused and I didn't know what was I, happening. I, I, was I started, like, she doesn't listen I started to our show singing. Anymore. I started singing with now you guys. I know how long it's been. It's a while. Since she's I listening. started singing with you. Hey, man, we appreciated more. That's why it sounded good. Is she doesn't know the rules. You try and not harmonize <laughs> as much as possible. You find a discord and then someone mutters her name. <laughs> and that's how we thank yeah. Sarah every fucking week. Oh, I love that. We do too. We'd also like that. to thank William Rockwood and Bird. I think it's only it's fitting that you thank our final ah, patron. Thank you, Jeffrey T. Morgan. <sighs> thank Renowned you. Renowned director. I need to remember to message him and be like, dude, we want to screen and sit with you on your movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fucking folklore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude. <laughs> I hope you're listening and not just patron patroning the patronizing. <laughs> Patronizing the patronage? I hope so. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad he's patronizing the show, but I hope he's not patronizing Patronizing the show. (laughs) (laughs) Measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com. Join us next week as we introduce Daniele Hartelli to the world of torture porn with Hostel 2. I'm I'm excited and scared. My God. He's going to be introduced to my second most masturbatory scene of all time. Danielle, it's...